BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, Buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, that's right. We're back, and I bet I bet Philip can't hear a thing that I'm doing from any of these noises, can you? I can hear it. Oh, you do get to hear everything. Awesome. I was worried you weren't going to hear, and you're not going to know what's happening, and you were going to have nothing but silence. <laughs> you're going to be sitting there going, what happened? He hung up. <laughs> so, yeah, Philip sounds a little different. I'm having to kind of go through the phone lines and stuff, and it's, it's just been kind of that kind of week. <laughs> but we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, and I've got a special guest Coming up later here on the show, Gary K. Wolf, writer and creator of Roger Rabbit, and important for this episode, Jessica Rabbit. Uh, we'll find out why later. He's got a new book, though, that uh, he's going to come and talk about, so that'll be a lot of fun later. Other than that, we've got a lot of new trailers. We've got Star Wars Celebration kicking off this week, and of course, we got to talk about that Rescue Rangers, uh, I'll call it a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted to say travesty, but I'm going to be that guy with the contrary opinion because I see a lot of people have been enjoying it, and, well, I, I guess I get to be the uh, on the minority side of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I guess some other people are, but that's what we got coming up today. We've got a lot of fun things to do, and my Skype thing is flashing things at me. Oh, okay, that's because I clicked the screen. So yes, technology is doing strange things, and uh, Stranger Things is actually uh, coming up in two parts. So there's a see how I tie that together. Aren't I, aren't I clever? There you go. Because they, I think they just announced that this this week, and I, I think I've actually got that clip uh, coming up today. I don't have my clips labeled, but uh, we know Stranger Things four is coming up very soon, and I think actually um, 
You know, I think part one actually is going to be released perhaps this week. I know we got Obi-Wan coming on the 27th, and we've also got this week. I Actually, I think uh, Top Gun Maverick has already been released because I've seen people posting on Facebook that they went on Wednesday to go yes, see it. Yeah, I can't wait. we got to go see that. I don't know when we're going to get a chance to go. So I'm hoping this weekend to be out of town. I haven't quite narrowed it down. Well, but between my anniversary I'm being the 24th and my birthday being the 26th, uh, the Memorial Day weekend is usually when we try to go and do something. And I haven't gotten to go and do anything out of town in I don't even know how many years. <laughs> so, although yeah. it's probably going to be a day trip because I don't think we can <laughs> afford to do a hotel. You can barely afford to do anything these days. Um, no doubt. So uh, I, you know, it's t- going to be tough enough to afford the gas to drive down somewhere. We're not going to leave the state. Uh, but, yeah, to try to squeeze into a hotel at the same time or, you know, my original thought of being like, it'd be fun to go down to Branson, go to Silver Dollar City, but I don't think we can even afford to do that right now. So, yeah, uh, I won't get into why I can't afford to do anything because it has nothing to do with me not having a good job because I do have a good job. It's just I got a good job and then all of a sudden everything got more expensive. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we're all we're, we're all just cheering for brandon out happy here thoughts, happy thoughts happy thoughts happy thoughts <laughs> anyways as i take a sip i you know i um oh i i, I guess this isn't it i had some starlight coke again i found like the little miniature cans i've been drinking some more of that starlight coke it's it's different it tastes like it has ginger in it but i don't know if it really does but i actually i just realized i sipped on a cherry coke and not a not a starlight coke <laughs> okay, there but, you go. So you just give a false promotion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like cherry coke a lot better than the starlight coke. The starlight coke, it's not bad. If you take a, if you sip it, it tastes like a coke. And if you take a big chug of it, that's when you start to taste like ginger. But I've had people saying they taste different things in it, so I don't know what they've put in it. But it's not bad. But it's it's not really uh, mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's at least it's uh, better tasting, I'm sure, than what the flaming hot Cheetos. Uh, Mountain Dew has tasted. You have gotten a chance to try that by now, I guess, right? No. Oh, you didn't? Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, I did. Yeah, yes, I thought I you told me you did. did. And... Yes, I did. Pardon me. And that was different. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I don't know what else to say about that. It was... Uh, it didn't taste like Cheetos, I'll say that. It just was hot, and it, it was it was odd. It was just odd. <laughs> yeah. And so far, I, I'm not uh, going to give it a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So far, I have only seen like a, I, there's a YouTube channel I enjoy because they're funny. Is called It's a Southern Thing, and they had all their people try it out. And then we had one person who enjoyed it, but she just loves overly spicy type of things. And she's like, I could drink hot sauce, so I mean, this is good. But everybody else was like, Oh no way, no no no. So. Well, it was weird. It was like you you. It wasn't hot per se, it, but it was real spicy. Yeah, I did try it. It was like it was just spicy for uh, a, a minute but it was like yeah if, if i want heartburn because it, it was like when you have heartburn when you eat something oh. and hours later yeah when hours later something comes back up in, in heartburn Ugh. anyone who has heartburn you've t- you've had it you just don't know that you've had it <laughs> yeah and i i, I had yeah. enough of that I, i've had enough of that no i know i don't need it that's, i don't want to get heartburn on purpose yeah that's basically what it is it's, it just tastes like heartburn if it tastes like uh, acid reflux i really don't want it well, that's pretty much what it was for me. Ugh. It was like a taste. Of, you know, I was like, it, it's like that's just kind of gross. It was like acid reflux, uh, Mountain Dew. <laughs> mm. I had to. I didn't even taste it, and I had to drink some cherry coke just to get that the thought of the taste out of my mouth. It, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny what our minds will do for us? <laughs> yuck! Oh, and by the way, yuck! 
And that's why <laughs> one reason that I'm never going to try this stuff. I don't know. I don't know who thought it was a brilliant idea to put it out, but I I, I guess well, they're look, selling some. Luckily, I didn't get a whole lot. I got two bottles, one for my nephew, one for me, because I didn't. Uh, I just assumed it wasn't going to be that grand. Yeah. And you figure if you must suffer, then Freddie must suffer with you. Uh, he wanted it bad. <laughs> and he, he never finished the bottle. That's all I could say. He went on a whole trip. And from what I understand, it never got finished and eventually got thrown away. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not the drink I'd want to have on a road trip because, you know, I, you want something refreshing you can drink while you're on the way. And if the only thing you got and you're on the, on the road for a while and the only thing you got is something disgusting, you're going to be like, I got really nothing I want to drink this whole trip. That'd yeah. be awful. Awful, awful, well, awful. I was, I, I was kind enough to buy pineapple Mountain Dew as well. Ooh, that sounds good. And oh, it is really good. It, that's not what it's called necessarily. You know what it's called? Pardon me. It's a. It's um. I want to say Baja or something. To, no, it's not Baja. It's a uh, man. I can't recall, but you'll know when you see it because it's yellow as can be, and it's it, it has usually right next to where that other one is at. Hmm. I'm going to tell you that one. I think they should keep it out because partially because I'm uh, selfish that way. But uh, <laughs> I wish they bring out. I wish they bring out a diet one because yes, please. it's not diet, and I want a diet one because that is an outstanding flavor. Yeah. Oh, because I like pineapple and stuff. That sounds pretty oh, tasty. I'm tell you, I'm just happy they when they another one that melon <laughs> one, the watermelon flavored. Uh, when they brought, they brought yeah. that out in Kansas a zero, I was so happy to buy me some of that. I love that watermelon. Yeah. Oh man. But I tell you that pineapple, that to me, it, it, I'm, that might be my. I mean, not not as good as the original, but mm. that might be my favorite one. The other flavors or special flavors. And now I'm craving a Dole Whip. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it basically it tastes like a, a fizzly Dole Whip in a sense. Oh man, <laughs> Ooh, that sounds awesome. It's okay. really good. Oh man, so now I now I got to have one of those. As soon as I make a diet. <laughs> oh goodness! There you go. So, yeah, we're going to call this section, What Have You Been Drinking? <laughs> Which sounds really funny when you put it that way. <laughs> well, and right now I'm drinking a Circle, a, a coffee-flavored one, actually, because I I had ordered uh, peppermint, mo- uh, mo- whatever you call it, uh, oh, uh, mocha, peppermint mm. mocha yeah. at Christmas time and all that. It was so good. Well, apparently I kept that on my order thing and they no longer have that so they just sent me a whole bunch of mocha flavors <laughs> instead of the peppermint mocha well i wasn't really going to order that but I, I guess now i have a whole bunch of just mocha that i have to drink i don't waste yeah so i will drink it and i don't hate it it's not bad it's it's, it's basically it's chocolate not, yeah but pretty much it's not bad yeah it's just not what i was expecting but i was in the mood for peppermint you know yes and when i went to, to put it in there and i was like oh Okay, so I got like, I don't know, uh, three months worth of that. Wow. <laughs> no, it's more like two months worth okay. of that, but still, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. I actually got lucky. Uh, I I was looking for some coffee creamer, because you know, I like the liquid coffee creamer now. I think it actually it does more. I actually found some peppermint mocha still out in stores in spring. Good. So then maybe Good. they realize that people will, will always want that kind of stuff. Because well, I love peppermint. I will, I always a, want when it comes to the circle, I made a real big mistake. Uh, not this last fall, but the fall before. You know, I love pumpkin. Oh yes. So when they when they brought out the pumpkin, I thought that was going to be outstanding. You know, it depends on who makes it or what it comes from. But uh, let me just tell you, the peppermint. Uh, even I mean, the p- pumpkin. It might have been pumpkin mocha. I honestly don't recall, but it wasn't good. Mm. <clears throat> it was not good. It it was a real. 
you know, some of that stuff has a real artificial flavor. And pumpkin, whatever it was, those people made from Circle. I'm sorry, Circle folk, but not good. Okay, we should Terrible probably explain, fact. by the way, Circle, because that, that's your, your water bottle you have that you can put flavoring in it as you drink yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah in fact, it's, it's, uh, it's really good stuff. It's, it's uh, spelled C-I-R-K-U-L. We should see if they can do a sponsorship for us now. <laughs> oh, well, it's it's really good stuff. And, you know, it may sound expensive when you first start on it, but each little uh, tube that you put on your bottle uh, lasts, I don't remember how many, depending on what you set it on, because it has uh, 10 settings of hmm. flavor. And it can last up to, I think they said 16 or so uh, cups, uh, you know, bottles. So it, it lasts uh, quite a quite a while, depending. You know, it lasts me usually up three or four days, uh, two or three days at least, if you have it set up high. I usually set it low uh, up for a cup on two or whatever, then three or four or five, until eventually this flavor is going away, and then I'll put in another one. Yeah. And uh, so it's not like those little packages with the uh, dust in it, <laughs> flavor dust. Yeah. So. There's an Aquabat song that says, <laughs> thinks of his daughter as he drinks the chocolate water and... Yeah. Thanks for drinking chocolate water now with the mocha. That's it. Yeah. There we go. Chocolate <laughs> water. Hey, which, which reminds me of the first Willy Wonka movie. There you uh, go. Yes. Because it looks like chocolate water when he falls in. Augustus, get away from there. <laughs> yeah. My chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I oh, realized man. in my notes that I didn't post into the host chatter that what have you been watching so I'm trying to think, what have uh, I been watching? Have I been watching anything, you know, any television show or anything particularly interesting this week? And honestly, uh, I mean, other than I found, um, I think I already mentioned, I found You Can't Do That on Television is on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, yeah, you did, yeah. Which they recently, now they've got Sonic 2 on there, so I might have to watch that movie again. Yeah. Uh, but there's some I'm other TV shows. I think I found HBO Max has actually got. Uh, remember John Ritter's last show, the 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 rules for dating his teenage yeah. daughter. They have that on there on HBO Max now. I saw that. So I may um, watch that because I only got to watch a bit of it. Yeah, I kind of came into the show a bit late because I was usually working, you know, at the time. But uh, I enjoyed yeah. the show, and, and plus it's John Ritter. You know, he was just no, great. Yeah, he was uh, outstanding, and, and so was the the coworkers on it. And um, I'm wanting to. Uh, I've been watching a show called. Uh, Oh, I don't want to get the name of it wrong. It's basically, it's about the Godfather before it was made. Hmm. And um, and I'm trying to think of what it was called. I don't know why all of a sudden my brain just took a nap here. Uh, uh, oh, and it's called uh, Offer. You know, to give oh, you an offer, you okay. Yeah. So it's called the, uh, the, the Offer. And it's about the Godfather, how it's made. And so it, it starts with uh, the writer, you know, and... Uh, uh, what I didn't realize is just how much they had to go through to get this film made because <laughs> they had to deal with the actual mafia. Yeah. And they had, they had to deal with uh, the people in the film industry, which is a lot of creeps are on their own. Yeah. So this guy had to deal with a lot of that. And plus one of my favorite actors, he's this comedic actor who's been on a lot of shows like the Goldbergs and other things. He's just heavy set dude. He's also on the Harry Potter movies now. Uh, uh, he plays the heavy set. Uh, I say heavy set. I don't mean he's really heavy, but you know, he's kind of heavy set. He plays that the, the human who is in the, the newest films, uh, Mr. Uh, Kowalski. Yes, I yes. forgot I his first anyway, name. He plays, he plays Fran, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, <laughs> and uh, and he does a really good job. And 
anyway, they're in this trying to show them how they're making the movies. And uh, it's it's really interesting how they're doing it. Showing that the producer is very interesting in it. And uh, I mean, now, granted, it does have language and some other things, you know, how they do. But, uh, man, I tell you what, the actor they got playing um, Marlon Brando is phenomenal. I mean, you, I forgot it was a Marlon. He acts identical to the man. And there's a scene where it shows how he got the role where he's just sitting there talking like Marlon Brando. And and then all of a sudden he starts becoming the Godfather role sitting there at his house, you know, and he puts this, you know, paper towels or whatever it was, cotton or something in his mouth. And he starts becoming the role. And and then you're like, wow. And it's pretty unique. It's pretty awesome. And that's on Paramount. That's on Paramount. Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount awesome. Plus, yeah. But it's pretty unique. And I've also been watching the new Star Trek show on there. Uh, that, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of waiting until, because right now, like first episode, I've heard people say, this was pretty good. But uh, they're also saying, but this is also CBS. So we're waiting for the agenda to show up and ruin the season. So I'm going to wait well, back so and, you know, a few episodes in when people tell me that, oh, yeah, this has actually been really good. Then I'll, I'll take a look at it. But I didn't the watch only- Discovery because I heard Discovery fell you know, after a while. Yeah. I haven't, I didn't care much for, I only got in one season in and there was agendas all over the place. But yeah. in this case, the only, if you want to call it agenda is that it shows that there is a life form in it. And by life form, we're talking about alien life form that, uh, came out of the closet, so to speak. And by that, I'm not talking about, uh, sexual preferences. It's talking about, it was a life form that was kind of in hiding. Oh, okay. And that was unique, uh, because it's and we didn't have data there to scan for it life. But it was unique because it's one that technically doesn't, they don't necessarily talk about those much at, that early on in the, the universe, but, hmm. but it's still uh, unique and they did a good job. The guy playing Spock, he's not bad, but for me, Leonard Nimoy is always going to be Spock. Right. That's just me. <laughs> I'm old school and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> very, but I do like the guy that got playing the doctor. They got a, a good guy playing, and this is not McCoy. This is a different doctor, but he's very cool too. He's got an interesting accent, which I'm not placing it, but I think it's supposed to be a. I don't know if it's an a, it's supposed to be an alien accent or what, but uh, it's I, at one minute it sounds almost Jamaican, and then it sounds almost uh, French-like, and I don't know if it's supposed to be a combination of things, but he's very unique too. Mm. But uh, I love that it's the old school stuff, and I haven't been able to catch which universe. You know, the, I think it's the original though. The reason why I say that is because everything so far that they've done, there's throwbacks to the original show. Uh, there's even a moment, I'm not trying to read anything, by the way, but there's even a moment when the captain, who's uh, Captain Pike, mm-hmm. uh, it shows where he has this horrible fear flash. And you remember the episode in season one where they were using um, scenes from the um, original uh Oh, that for the pilot episode, the uh, the, the, the cage, yeah. I believe it is. Yeah, the cage. That's yeah. it. And and they remember where the pipe was all messed up looking. He's in that little machine. Yeah. It, they show scenes of that, like not of that, you know, real episode, but it showed the actor in the machine like that, in his little flash hmm. of fear. And I was like, this kind of has to be from the original, uh, you know, universe. Because I can't imagine it being of the new stuff, 
the uniforms are, of course, new looking, but yet they're old looking too. They, they've done a real good job of kind of making it look like it's of the old universe, and yet it has a new look to it. Yeah, so we'll see. I was kind of so wondering far, if, if they're going to get to a point where they're going to have everything that happens in the cage, you know, actually happen to Pike. Well, it might. I know that it was kind of like a nightmare. He was that he was kind of at least what I saw. It looked like a nightmare. And oh, uh, the other thing is, is you remember Chapel Nurse Chapel? Yeah, I heard she made an appearance in the first episode. Yeah, she she's in it. Um, she's on the show. Goody. Yeah, so that's kind of cool too. I like that. Now, what would be fun so is they, I, don't, I don't know if Gene Roddenberry has a daughter, but wouldn't wouldn't it be cool if that if she came on to play Chapel? That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be very they appropriate. Have a, <laughs> they have. A, I know he has a son. I don't know about a daughter, but he definitely has a son. Well, heck, at this point, it'd be like a granddaughter, I guess, if you wanted to have somebody oh, yeah, the right age yeah. for Chapel. But that would be yeah. for anyone who doesn't get why that's appropriate. Google. <laughs> yes, yes. The original Nurse Chapel end up being his wife later. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. why I thought it would be kind of appropriate. It was a nice time, tribute. But, and for you who are not nerdy enough to know this, that original Nurse Chapel not only showed up later on as uh, um, Troy's, Deanna Troy's mama, she was also the voice of the computer. Yeah, in the next generation. Um, <laughs> and on the pilot we were talking about a while ago, she was the original number one. Hmm. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Yeah, I've got to go rewatch it. The, yeah, she was involved the whole time. <laughs> she was involved. Yeah, and she got involved with Gene Roddenberry. So <laughs> that's right. There you <laughs> that's go. That's right. <laughs> All right. So moving on to what we've been playing, I actually have a couple of things I want to list off because I don't remember uh, talking. Last episode that I I picked up the Stanley Parable that now that it is on console they call it the Ultra Deluxe I think edition or something like that I don't know oh yeah you did yeah yeah and I don't remember talking about it. I remember showing you the game and having you try it out uh, this is something I definitely have to recommend because there's so much goofy fun and you'll uh, you never know what's gonna happen unless you've gone through and do the exact same thing but there's so many little things you can do that cause the story to alter. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun just kind of playing around with it. There's probably still a ton of stuff that I have not yet done on there. But I did move on to play something else because uh, I used a little bit more of my fun money. And I uh, I noticed that they had a sale on the Nintendo Switch for a, a, a version of Clue with a, a complete oh, yeah. season pass for $20. I got a complete season pass, which means I get multiple type of uh, boards, all kinds of different characters, including some international characters that I, I recognize from like the old VCR clue game, but there's even a, a Sherlock Holmes set that has Sherlock and Watson and Moriarty as three playable characters. Uh, so oh, uh, I actually, no matter what board I play on, I always have those three in there. <laughs> so it's, I've so been having a lot of fun. Your board game. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, here's the weird thing is, okay. I have always suspected when you play a video game version of a board game, you know, the, Obviously, the computer kind of has control of the dice in some fashion. I've always kind of thought that. Well, uh, this game has proven to me that it knows what every card is and who has it. Here's how I learned oh. this. So I, I set it up to have three people playing. So to me, I'm playing Sherlock Holmes. I have Watson. I set him on easy, and I put Moriarty on hard. Because I was going to... my In my head, the canon was if... Moriarty solved this thing. That means he's basically, oh, well, this person did it, and it was probably one of his agents that did the crime, did the murder, and he's going to get away with it. 
So I had to make sure I beat Moriarty at putting him at a hard difficulty level. Now I noticed with this setting, Watson would go into a location and would he would go to a location he knew I had the card of or something like that. There would at least be two things that he picked between his suspect and weapon and location that I had the card of. So then when Moriarty would pop up and say I have you know would would say that he has something of that that the three. Well, I already had the other two, so I knew exactly what Moriarty's car that he just showed Watson would be, if you understand what I'm saying. So I kept I kept noticing that would happen, like Watson on easy mode was like attempting to help me as if he knew exactly what cards I'd had in order to let me know and find out what cards Moriarty had by, you know, Moriarty showing him things. And then the other weird thing that really kind of showed me that the computer knows exactly what cards everybody's holding, I had, while I had Moriarty on a hard difficulty level... There were two times consecutively Moriarty went into a room and suggested two things that he had already shown me the cards for. So I know he's not learning anything new. That happened twice in a row. But the second time it happened, he out of nowhere solved the entire case based on what information you would have. Because, you know, I don't know what the AI is capable to do. But there was, like, no information for him to be able to solve the case. And in fact, the last two turns, he wasted them by suggesting things that he had all three of those cards. And I know because he'd already shown me those cards. So it clearly oh. gave, okay, after a certain amount of turns, more, the, anything on hard difficulty level apparently is just going to just solve the case. So I will no longer play with an AI on hard difficulty level. I've put him on medium, and I've had a lot more fun. But I, I swear, the game knows what cards everybody has, knows the solution, and at a certain time will just trigger and say, boom, hard, hard AI character on hard mode solves case. Based on what information? I didn't even have all the information yet. I was, it was still early in the daggum game. So, yeah, but I'm still having a lot of fun playing it, because Clue is one of my favorite board games, and... Uh, you know, having a, a video game version, it's, it takes really good notes for you. Um, stuff that when I was a kid, I didn't always think of taking notes. Like when, because we thought that you, everybody would just show whatever card they had whenever you went into a, a room and you suggested something. Well, that's not the way you play. You're actually person on your left. If they have something, we'll show you a, one card. If they have, if they had all three of their things, they're only going to show you one card. But what you can do is if you have something that goes around a few of the other players, you can mark on your notes that, okay, this person did not have that card and not have this card and not have that card. And you can keep track of what player what players don't have as well as what players do have. And then you can actually make deductions that way and figure out, wait a minute, I've had this thing go around and, uh, or, and plus pay attention to what other players do because then you'll realize, oh, hey. When this person suggested that, none of these other people had that card, so you might figure out what the weapon is or something based upon even what somebody else suggested and as it goes around the room. So, yeah, that, it takes really good notes, and as long as you're paying attention to what you're doing, you can uh, make some pretty good inferences and some deductions and, and win the game. And so I'm having a lot of fun. I'm going to try to teach Heather that because Heather doesn't like to play games with me because she thinks I'm going to beat her at every board game we ever play, which is not true. I think she's just been this way ever since we played a Star Wars Trivial Pursuit DVD game, and I won for knowing obscure things like uh, that uh, Kira Knightley was one of the extras in Phantom Menace and and also um, not Slice Noodles, but I always forget. Now I always forget his name, but I used to know it, and I knew this character's name who's in Jabba's Palace. He's the little <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Well, that is pretty random, and yeah. and uh, and it's she's not a nerd like we are. Yeah. Well, she is, but she's a different type. Oh, she's a she's a sweetheart. Yeah. She's but a, if she a, loses at a game, she's so competitive, she will not play it with me again. And so now she won't play any board games with me because, well, what am I going to play? You're just going to win. I was like, hey, I understand that. 
I understand for that. Crying I'm not saying out I loud. agree with it. I'm saying I understand it. <laughs> I know people who are that way, but not, you know, I'm not that way. Yeah. I, uh, I, here's the truth. I, you know, the games I play wrestling games and everything. Um, whether I win or lose, I enjoy it. The only thing I don't like is whenever I'm doing my best and someone's mocking me and yeah. that bothers me. Yeah. They're like, what's the matter? Are you that dumb? And you're like, uh, wait a minute now. Hang on. <laughs> now, that bothers I, me yeah. Insecure already. <laughs> now I'm in for a little bit of like a mild trash talk of like I'm gonna get you. Yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. You're going down. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that doesn't bother me. Now I know that's your very fun. favorite trash talker is Andre the Giant. <laughs> I get you. I will get you. <laughs> Long story. Right? Hey, speaking of which, now this is not the games, but this is this something Jeremy and I do, but. I recently bought, as you know, Jeremy, the, the Pirates, of, I mean, uh, hello, Princess of, uh, Bride figures. Yeah. I'm all excited because I, I found there's a new series that I didn't know about. Remember I was complaining they didn't have the little feller, uh, Wallace Shawn's character? Inconceivable. I, 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 yeah, they have him, and uh, they have a couple other characters. I'm going to order those because I got to get I, – I want all of those. They even yeah. they have an honor with the cloak, but I'm not going to get that because the, the only difference is the cloak. I, yeah. I don't need that. But, you know, getting, like, Miracle <laughs> Max, the albino. Yeah. Well, they some don't of these have characters. all those yet. Oh. The only difference I've seen so far is, uh, I can't think of his name right now. The guy um, prepared to die, uh, my name is... Inigo Montoya? Yeah, they have him with his arms all bloody from the... Oh. Uh, and they have, uh, I don't know that I'm going to get that one. And they have uh, the girl, uh, the princess, uh, Buttercup. Honey, uh, Buttercup, excuse me, Honeydew, hello. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Buttercup. They have her with her blue dress on with the, uh, I, I think it was her wedding dress, really. Yeah. And then they have, of course, they have um, the uh, old uh, pirate. Uh, Dread Pirate Robert. His name. Wesley. Wesley. Well, they, they have him as Wesley with his mask off and with blood on his uh, shoulder. Oh. Or he was bit. Yeah. And uh, I plan on getting that, especially. And, and probably her and definitely uh, the little guy, but I'm not, I don't know yet if I'll get the other one with the bloody Vizzini, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Vizzini. Yeah. I get the, I get the names all mixed up. But anyway, I saw those. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and they got to do a count. Uh, I can't, I keep wanting to call him Count Drugal. I don't know if that's the right name, but yeah, they need to make sure they have him and have his six fingers. Or oh, was it Ru- Ruben? You're talking to Christopher Guest character. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Guest. He's Count Rugal or something. I don't well, know. To be honest with you, that's the only reason why I've been thinking about maybe I should just go ahead and get the bloody armed, you know, one because of that. If they make one of him, yeah, I'm like, man, or is it Count Rugen? Somebody's probably yelling Rugen. at their their phone or something. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> it's Rugen, yep. Rugen. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. So Humperdinck. Which I fear yeah. they're gonna gotta make a figure of Humperdinck eventually. Well, I, at first I thought all they was going to make is the four that I ordered, and but I thought, well, because I had listen, you already know this, Jeremy. I had uh, been designing this stuff as a kid. I was like, yeah, to make toys of it because you know I'm a nerd. Yeah, heck, I would love it. And I'm a nerd, man. I collect all that junk, but I would love it if they had like a little bed with uh, uh, Fred Savage and the grandpa <laughs> sitting there talking. Them. I, I love all that stuff. I love all that junk. Yeah, I mean, just, I even got the just big one book. more thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just one more thing. <laughs> he just won a Peter Folk figure, you know. Oh, I love it. I love it. They made a Columbo figure. Too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be just pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, and here's another thing going on collectible stuff. I found a place where I can design my own ties, and it costs like 25 
So <laughs> I'm designing a, a, a Lonesome Dove tie and everything else. And shoot, I may just make us a real tie of our old comic book characters. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you can put your own drawings on there from your phone and stuff, and oh my and, goodness, uh, and your own pictures. I mean, I'm actually thinking about making a tie for our church just for me, you know. But still, <laughs> that'd be fun to add to the thousands of ties you already have. I have over 300 ties, over 200, probably nearly 300 ties now. Uh, you could wear a tie every day of the year and not have a repeat. That's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> oh my and goodness! Fun ties, most yeah. of them. Now there are some regular ties. But there's some the real fun ties. I mean, I got you can name it. I got a Garfield. I got a lot of Charlie Brown, Mickey Mouse. You name it, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I heard you, SpongeBob. I got SpongeBob. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> well, uh, we gotta gotta get to a conversation with Gary Wolf here, so we probably should get the show moving. And all right. uh, of all the news I got, everything is actually uh, pretty much a YouTube video. <laughs> Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Now clearly Nintendo forgot to put a patent on Super Smash Bros. Because oh, oh. Uh, everybody's making their version. I, I've already heard something about there's a Nickelodeon version. But uh, this, oh, really? I did not know that this was coming out. This is called Multiverses. This is being put out by Warner Brothers, and it's kind of a flex of Warner Brothers saying, guess what characters we own? Strange energy signature. Oh, no, we need to play that. Computer. Are you there? What's yeah, my location? Oh, sorry. Computer. You can't hear this, can you? I can't. Hey, dude, what's going on here? Well, Batman was just teleported onto an island. Shaggy was teleported with him. And on the other side of the field, here comes Bugs Bunny and Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Look out! And now they're fighting! Bugs Bunny throws the pie at Batman! Which was stopped by a sandwich from Shaggy, who then decides to eat the pie with the sandwich. What'd I do to you? Shaggy's gonna go all crazy now and fight, but yeah. There's not a lot of dialogue, really, for this to be a full trailer. And it just kind of showcases some of the different characters you're going to see. I'm going to go ahead and stop the video since you can't hear it, and it's two and a half minutes long. But uh, there was an open alpha, an open beta is on the way, so I've gotten to see some uh, some gaming channels have gotten a chance to play it. But uh, let me read what it says here. In multiverses, the multiverse is at your fingertips as you battle it out in intense 2v versus 2 matches up against Batman and Shaggy. Try using Bugs Bunny and Arya Stark. This platform fighter lets you play out your fantasy matchups in a fun co-op or head-to-head -head fight for supremacy. Multiverses is an all-new, free-to-play platform fighter video game with an ever-expanding cast of iconic characters and legendary universes. Multiverses will feature multiple online modes, including team-based two-versus-two format, one-versus-one matches, and four-player free-for-all, along with upcoming content-filled seasons. So they're kind of basically mm. turning the concept of what Super Smash Brothers did with Nintendo and uh, bringing in the concept of the Battle Royal where you have seasons so you can kind of change things out. But on this, you got, of course, Superman, you got your Wonder Woman, Tom and Jerry, as they can count as one playable character, Tom and Jerry do. Uh, Velma is on here to team with Shaggy. 
Uh, I mean, lots of different characters for starters. Some of the characters you have to unlock when you first get it on the the alpha, uh, uh, the the closed alpha. When I saw them playing, they were trying to unlock Batman because uh, they wanted to team him up with Bugs Bunny. Now, the one thing I find is odd because a, a lot of these characters are Cartoon Network characters like uh, Finn and uh, Jake from the that one show I didn't watch. Uh, there's also Steven Universe, but I mean, most of these characters are cartoon characters aimed pretty much at the kids, right? We're aiming at the kids. Yeah. What the heck is the Game of Thrones character doing in there? That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 seriously, the kids who are going to be watching Steven Universe are not old enough to watch Game of Thrones. They, and they should not be watching Game of Thrones because I've watched an episode and holy cow, you do not want to let a kid watch that show. Yeah. That's even more than what I care to watch. I don't need to see an incest thing. And, go, and that's, it's, no, that's, we don't need this in a game that you're aiming to have all these child characters. So I find that to be really weird. I mean, put more yeah. DC characters. I want to see Fred and Barney as a team. Heck yeah, brother. That, that'd be fun. I mean, the, if Warner Brothers is going to flex and say, you know what, we actually own Hanna-Barbera and we have all these other characters, bring them in there. They, you know, they got all the DC characters. I, I Go for it. I'll have a ball playing with all that. So I'm, yeah. ex- I'm actually excited that it is free to play. I bet you'll have to pay for some characters or some other modes or something later. They'll find ways to get you to nickel and dime your way through. But since I can oh, play yeah. for free, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna unlock Batman and Superman and be world's finest and whoop the tail out of every little cartoon character that comes along. <laughs> you and I are going to yeah, have a ball kinda, with this. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a blast. That stuff that we would have had as a child, oh, my God, mm-hmm. we would have had a blast with that. And they even have Absolutely. different styles of the characters. You know, some, some are uh, like Batman and Shaggy are both brawlers. Uh, Wonder Woman and Superman are tanks. Uh, Bugs Bunny counts as like a like a wizard or whatever because he's all projectiles because he throws pies. He can fire rockets. He can drop safes. You know, uh, Taz I think is also a uh, a brawler. You know, he's got it. Of course, he's got a spin move maneuver. Uh, but I mean, they they really thought out the type of ways that these characters would fight. And I, when I was watching, I'll have to uh, send you some video on YouTube so you can watch some people play in this. But oh my goodness, this just looks like a lot of fun. Of course, I, I loved Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo. I don't own it for Switch yet. But uh, I mean, they, they've just kept that game going. They keep adding new characters on the Nintendo Switch. And, uh, you know, all the other, uh, it, it's kind of like how Street Fighter 2 set a standard for fighting games. And then all the other gaming companies realize, you know what, you don't actually own a patent for what a fighting game is. So all these other companies started stepping in and making their own fighting games. It seems like Nintendo didn't put enough of a patent to say, no, this type of a brawler type of game is ours and you can't do it. And now, you know, Nickelodeon's made one, which I'm not that concerned with. But then now Warner Brothers making this one with, you know, characters I actually would want to play with. I'm in. This is going to be fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. All righty. Something else that uh, this is also good. I haven't actually watched this video. I don't know what we got for audio, and poor Philip is not going to be able to hear it anyway. Bar weep grog nah weep ninny bog. Excuse me, my friend. Destiny has caused our worlds to collide. Let us join forces, and together we can be more than meets the eye. Engage brick mode. Now all we need is a little energon. All systems go. Megatron will blow a gasket when he sees this. It's time. It's Lego Optimus Prime time. Now this, uh, for for Philip's sake, that since he didn't get to see this, 
Lego Optimus Prime. Oh. Yeah. So not only can you build Optimus Prime, but he will transform after you've built him. You can transform into the diesel mode, and it's old school style Optimus Prime. So uh, now Transformers are expensive toys. Lego sets like this are also expensive, so I can't imagine how much this is going to retail for. But oh my gosh, it looks really fun. And I wonder if this is just the beginning of Transformers characters being brought into Lego. That sounds fun. I, I, how, how big is it? Uh, it looks pretty good size. I mean, this is this was like a uh, uh, kind of uh, almost a cinematic trailer thing where they're just showing it, but they're not showing the actual toy. Uh, but my guesstimate would be it's probably a good seven inches, seven to eight inches tall. I think <clears throat> so. It's about the size of a Transformers toy. So, so about the the actual size then. Yeah, it's about <clears throat> the actual size. From what you know, but it's all it's a computer model. You're not getting to see the actual toy because they wanted to animate and have him. You know, they have a, a really bad uh, impersonation of Optimus Prime's voice there, but uh, yeah, you know, they wanted to have it be like Opt- I'm, and it's time for our worlds to cross. You know, Transformers are entering the Lego dimension. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's for us, it's always going to be the same guy. Right. Here. Peter, you know, um, Peter Cullen, yes. Now, I knew it was Peter, but I couldn't remember the last name. Yeah. But yeah, this is not Peter Cullen. It sounds a little closer to uh, the guy who does the Honest Trailers voice. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but, but not quite that guy. I mean, it sounds like somebody's trying to impersonate him, too. So, funny. But that's funny. That's something that's like, yep, uh, if I had the money, I, there's a lot of Lego stuff I'd get, but uh, I can't afford it. But here's this other game. Now, I can't go through the whole thing on this. This is a seven-minute long thing, and most of it is audio. So I'll just play that little bit of audio, about 12 seconds of audio, and let me just read what it says here on uh, the YouTube channel for IGN. Second Dinner, the independent studio founded by... Former Hearthstone director Bren Brode, or Brody. Now, if you're familiar with Hearthstone, that is a card game uh, that Blizzard made. It's based in the world of World of Warcraft. Um, it's a pretty fun game. But finally, unveiling the mysterious Marvel project he's been working on for the last few years. It's called Marvel Snap, and it's a free-to-play collectible card game and battler published by ByteDance Gaming Arm called Newverse. Now, uh, this, uh, this video popped out on the 19th. I don't know when this game is actually released. It might be available. I have a feeling it's on your mobile game system. Uh, so uh, I would look for this now. It's called Marvel Snap. And basically, it's going to be a card game with Marvel characters. And, of course, it's collectible. So I'm sure you can spend a little money to get certain cards unlocked, or you can just try to unlock it by playing the game. Either way, uh, I'm willing to give it a shot because I had some fun playing Hearthstone uh, years ago. Uh, it was a pretty fun game. Uh, I, I didn't go and play a lot of online games because people playing online, if they've purchased cards, they're going to have more powerful cards than I am. Oh, look, my, uh, low, glu- my low glucose alarm just went off. If you're hearing that beeping, uh, you're going to hear another beep as I test my blood sugar just to see how low my blood sugar is. Well, now it's not... T- oh, wow. Uh... Blood sugar is getting low, but not super low. So, all right, I can keep the show going. Yeah. All right. There's one of them crazy things to keep going, but I guess we better uh, get this moving uh, straight into the trailer park here so I don't uh, keel over. <laughs> now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh. Oh. Get him off. Oh. Get that gator. Ah. The Neverland Trailer Park. Now, once again, here's something else I haven't even watched yet, and poor Philip won't be able to hear, but uh, they've released... 
Uh, and they're calling it Destiny. It's uh, it's another little quick preview of the Ms. Marvel series coming for Disney+. Plus. So as the audio starts, here we go. How does she convince everyone that she's good? Good is not a thing you are, Kamala. It is a thing you do. I know dressing up as Captain Marvel's weird. I spend too much time in fantasy land. Cool, is this 90s? That is just a jump. What does it feel like? Like an idea come to life. Everything's changing really fast. If you save one life, you save the world. So this starts on June 8th. Are you sure that we can keep that on? It's an homage. It's a lawsuit. Great, that'll make Captain Marvel in court. It will be the first case in the American judiciary to hug it out. Okay, there we go. So Ms. Marvel, an original series from Marvel Studios, starts streaming June 8th on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this is basically uh, from what they keep showing of this, and some people who were fans of the character were a little upset about it. She's not using her powers the way you expect, where she's kind of enlarging, uh, basically being Mr. Fantastic. And in order to keep her from being compared to Mr. Fantastic, oh, uh, yeah. clearly, they're using, she's got, like, energy that she's using. Uh, now, I don't know if they're going to continue with her, because I believe she's supposed to be an inhuman. Uh, I don't know if they're keeping that, because in this little bit, they show her having this bracelet that's like a family heirloom that she puts on, and it seems to do something to her. Now, maybe it will be part of, like, the inhumans, they, uh, what do they breathe, the, the what's that, it's like a mist... Um, I forgot what it's called now. Yep. Because I don't pay attention to Inhumans. But yeah, that's what, it, you know, maybe it's going to have some of that in it, and that's what's going to trigger her abilities as an Inhuman. I don't know. I'm not sure where they're going with this, uh, but I I don't care. I'm going to watch it, though, but I, I'm really not that interested in the character. Uh, so, how about you? you? You planning to watch this? Well, I'll give it a whirl. Kind of like I do so many things, yeah. but if it doesn't, if it doesn't capture me, because, you know, sometimes things capture me. And, it's, yeah. and I'll be honest, sometimes I get – I don't want to use the word bored because you know me, Jeremy. I, a lot of times I just go back and watch uh, All in the Family and the Griffith, yeah. the old stuff. And uh, and sometimes I just try to do things just for the heck of it, you know. Right. And uh, in this case, I may watch and say, well, why not? But yeah. uh, sometimes it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Or I'll just say, well, you know, I always play it in the background while I'm playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so, sometimes like, I get surprised sometimes yeah. that I might end up liking it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that'll suck me in. But I'm like, I really am not that interested in this character. But really, you know, I've watched a lot of stuff uh, from Marvel that's characters like, oh, I'm not that interested in that. Like, of course, Eternals, I really didn't know anything about it, but it was a Jack Kirby creation. So I was like, let me check it out. And that was, I well, that was a disappointment. But most, yeah. of, most of the stuff they've put out has been characters that are like, even if I wasn't that familiar with the character, I was like, you know, I'm curious. I want to check it out. This so far has not caught my attention, but I'm going to, I'll... I'll I'll watch at least an episode and see if it captures my attention because well, you know they've been okay, I, in my opinion they've done fairly well with some of these uh, these Disney Plus series that Marvel's made I've, I've enjoyed Guardians them for the, the most Galaxy, part. Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of like that for me in the beginning, and by that I don't mean when I saw it. Yeah. When I first looked at it on the comic books, I saw bits of it and I said, "This looks strange." And this was like I want to say two thousand and three, maybe maybe not then. It might have been later on. I just remember it was in the early millennium when I first saw it. Uh, that they were kind of rebooting it on some comic book form or something, and I remember it said it looks strange to me. But I remember looking at it and I thought, well, it might not be too bad. But so I read a little bit about it, but nothing I ever thought would be in a big film. 
And so when I saw the movie, boy, did it surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I, not, had, I was, well, I, I, at first with Guardians of the Galaxy, because I knew nothing about it. I didn't know, I was like, what it was. But by, I think by the time I got to see that second trailer, I think it's about the time I was like, you know what? This looks like a lot of fun. So it was Wizard. Remember the Wizard magazine? Oh, yes. It was Wizard. Yeah. Wizard was always the way I found out about stuff back right. then before it was online, you know, and, and they did a good job. Yeah. They really did a good job of trying to get you pumped up about stuff. Because it's like, if you like so-and-so and you like this, and if you like Avengers and you also kind of like Ninja Turtles, you may like. And, uh, <laughs> and that was kind of a neat way of getting you pumped up. Kind yeah. of pair with this and that and this. That was a good idea, actually. Yeah. Well, you know what? We we, we need a hero and we're going to get a different kind of hero, which is he's kind, he's a Marvel character, but these, he's a Disney version of a Marvel character, very much. Uh, we're actually getting a new season or a new series for Baymax. Oh, really? Morning, Baymax. Baymax? Hello, kitty kitty. I am Baymax. My apologies. Please enjoy your ramen. Let's go find Baymax. Speeding and erratic driving are not conducive to good health. I guess a hero's job is never done. I was alerted to the need for medical attention. Yeah! Ow! My ankle. When you said, ow, my ankle. When you said, Aitai ah. Oh, no, 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 no. When you said, oh, no, no, no. I will scan you now. Scan me? What? It is not a big deal. Please remain calm. You did not remain calm. Alrighty, so Disney Are you animation. Sure you can oh, run things down more. there? Do not Don't. worry about the cafe, Cass. Everything will be fine. I thought that streaming on was Disney over. Plus. Well, there we go. So Disney Animation Studios Baymax streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. June 29th, the all-new series of Healthcare Capers returns to the fantastical city of San Francisco, where the affable, inflatable uh, in uh, here we go. Here's a fun word. Inimitable healthcare companion <laughs> robot Baymax sets out to do what he was programmed to do. Help others. Uh, I'm excited. I love Baymax anyway. Uh, I, I don't know if this is connected. They had a, 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 a Big Hero 6 animated series that was on uh, the Disney Channel, I guess, for a while. I think it might be on Disney+. Plus. It probably is. I haven't gotten around to watching any of that. I always meant to. I just never got around to it. But I don't think you have to watch that in order to watch this. This seems like it connects a little bit more to the movie. It's the same animation of the movie. Sounds like the same voices from the movie. Uh, and it's just, it's Baymax doing what he's supposed to do. He's trying to go and help people, uh, with medical things. And I love his, this little section he's got in here where he's like, I was triggered when you said, ouch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's very cute. He, he, he reminds me of a toy I would have had as a kid. Not necessarily that they actually worked like that, but, uh, cause we were lucky if you could get him to light up back then mm. you know that that's just the way it was back in the day the yeah. only way you could have a new tea with a light up finger is if it was painted red <laughs> <laughs> right i mean that's the way it was uh, but that being said 
uh, it was it, back in the day in my mind, my toys were alive and in my mind, my toys would talk to me <laughs> Yep, and they were all sweet and loving. My teddy bear spoke to me, my, my ch- chipmunks, I'm talking about Alvin, Simon, Theodore, they all spoke to me and were with me every day. <laughs> yep. And it's that type of thing that brought us to the toy story series. That's right. Because <laughs> we all knew that our toys were alive. So Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, and keeping things moving, we also got a look at She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Being a superhero is a trial by fire. Who's going to protect the world if not people like you? Jennifer Walters. I'm a lawyer. I have great friends. Can we get some shots, please? It's an emergency. A demanding job. We just started a superhuman law division, and I want you to be the face of it. And a frustrating family. Because we didn't ask for this, but you still got to deal with it. Your transformations are triggered by anger and fear. Those are like the baseline of any woman just existing. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. I just want to be a normal, anonymous lawyer. Can you tell us where She-Hulk is? Jen, you're a story now. Girl, your ass looks crazy right now. You could be an Avenger. Oh, I'm not a superhero. That is for billionaires and narcissists and adult orphans for some reason. Is there anything more depressing than dating in your 30s? Yeah, this is the best date I've had in a while. Oh. Should we split some fries? Let's get those to go. All right, so She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, original series from Marvel Studios, starts streaming August 17th on Disney+. And I'm actually kind of excited because I have some She-Hulk comics, uh, it's it's usually very very funny uh, comics to get, especially and I love that they're they're going from the concept of she's like a superhero attorney, so she can deal with heroes, villains, and uh, we're bringing back uh, the abomination here. And uh, I guess she's going to maybe represent him or prosecute him. I don't know. I think she I think she's mainly done a lot of defense because um, I think uh, like some of the comics I have, like even when when uh, Dan Slott was writing for She Hulk, and it was really good what he actually did with She Hulk. Uh, there was a thing with uh, Star Fox that uh, he had apparently been using his powers on women, and she uh, had been defending him, but I, but she turned on like, wait a minute, you did that to me too, didn't you? So, and uh, so yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to this. I know that some people have been complaining, singing the CG doesn't look very good for for She Hulk. I think it actually looks just as good as Hulk does in this. I don't I don't I haven't seen any problems, but if there's any cleanup needs to be done, they have till August before this thing premieres, so yeah, they have I, time to clean I, it up. I personally hope that they clean it up. Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm looking forward to it, as you know. I've uh, always been a She-Hulk fan because um, when I was uh, 14, well, there's a lot of reasons. When I was real little, uh, I remember when she was brand, brand new, and I was about four, three or four, and I remember going to Hardee's, and they had these uh, they had these kind of like these uh, 3D-looking goggle things, and you could uh, read 
these combos you would receive. And I remember my brother got Captain America and, and one of them got Spider Woman. I ended up getting She Hulk and uh, a couple other things. Anyway, um, I kind of became a, a fan because I always I like Hulk, obviously, from yeah. the TV show. <laughs> and uh, th- then when I was older, I was 14, I had a brain tumor and I was in the hospital and suffering. And my <laughs> the first brain tumor. <laughs> yeah, the first one. My brother and I, he'd already, I knew he had the whole, first of all, I was 14, you know, so I like girls and all that. Yeah. And uh, she was attractive and everything. And she looked so much better then at that run. They started bringing her back at that time when they really started bringing her back in 1990, 89, 90, because she kind of disappeared for a short time in the late in the mid eighties where they, they used her in the background, but they didn't have much of her own comic. Well, they brought her back and they started trying to make her look attractive because before that, when they first came around, she was just like kind of just a female version of Hulk. Yeah. She was the savage. She Hulk. Yes. Which they're skipping that all together. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. And that's okay. And yeah, I understand that. And, um, so she was attractive now. And, and my brother-in-law brought me an entire bag full of comic books and uh, like a huge uh, old grocery store bag. And in that, there was tons of She-Hulk, because I still have them. And uh, there's Blue Devil as well from D.C. I love that. Anyway, uh, I read them, and that really got to me, I was that he did that for me. And I uh, still have them, and so She-Hulk means a lot to me. The only thing I'll say about it is I do hope that they have time to fix a little bit. I think they will. Yeah. Because some of it looks a little too CGI where, of course, we have to understand, though, in the whole films, um, those are for the big screen. They had, you know, more mm-hmm. time and more money and all that. And But in this case, uh, I think they'll fix it. I think it was just a preview. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to fix it. But yeah. I'm not saying it was horrible. It wasn't horrible. It's just that some things looked a little off. I, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the the animation looks good, because that's clearly the motion captured. Uh, same way they're yeah. doing Hulk, you know, they they let, uh, I forgot the actor's name who's been playing Hulk, they let him motion cap to, uh, for all the whole stuff for Hulk, and yeah, looks like they did the same thing that. here. So, I mean, it's it looks good. So, I, I, I haven't seen what people have been kind of complaining about. I think some people have been wanting to complain uh, with some of the videos I watch on YouTube. I was like, you're just looking for something to nitpick, well, but... You know, some of the people are stupid, uh, and I hate to say this because one of them I'm a fan of, uh, a guy named, well, I'm not going to say his name, yeah. but uh, there's there's a, a guy, in, but he also doesn't know anything about comics, really, and it was something he said that I found somewhat offensive, but he said, in his opinion, it was just more or less, um, he was like, they're just doing this to make a female version of, whole, and I'm like, um, She's been Where around though been for a while. Her? Yeah, this came out in 1980. Yeah, she's uh, been part of the Fantastic Four either. even at one point. I have a toy of that. Uh, the well, you know, what? I, I don't know if I actually had a costume of uh, of her in the Fantastic Four outfit, but but either way, she's with my Fantastic Four figures. But the point of all that is to say, I'm a huge fan, and and she's been around all this time. Was it what is that now? Over 30 years. She's been around, yeah. and uh, where you been? I'm but but he he was sitting there saying, I don't. He said something to the effect of, I don't know, I don't read comics. I'm a man, and I was like, oh, okay, I see. So that was kind of insulting. I was like, yeah. you do realize that over half the people that watch you, uh, <laughs> we all anyway. All that being said, I thought that's somewhat insulting. But yeah. Either way, <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I see. So. Eh. That being said, doesn't mean I don't like the guy, but I thought that he kind of went a little low on that. But. Yeah. Well, I got to keep things moving. We're actually running out of time. Uh, so, well, I actually have two clips, uh, uh, two different listings for Thor, Love, and Thunder, but we'll do that next. I'm going to skip over what I was going to play. Uh, I never watched the Orville 
Although I actually heard it turned out to be pretty good, but it's coming to Disney Plus with a new season or new series called the Orville New Horizons. Uh, I've been told that I might actually like it. I was kind of like, yeah, because it's Seth MacFarlane and I don't, I'm not, his style of humor is not my style of humor. But I guess though, he, the way he did this, he had such love for Star Trek that he, it's actually fairly respectful of that. And it's, it's more on the lines of Galaxy Quest. So it's no, almost like a love letter. So I'm. No, I have seen some of that. I'll, I would, I would like to, if they put the entire, all the other seasons up on Disney Plus, I'll watch the other seasons before I watch this. But uh, I'm not going to play the audio because we're running out of time. But I want to get straight into Thor, and then we can jump into our movie review. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three? Four years? Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. You are not like the other gods that killed. I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flick! Oh! You flicked too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? And eventually, grape. All right, so July 8th, Thor Love and Thunder is coming, and I love that that's Taika Waititi has directed this one and given it that same almost 70s kind of flair of fun going on with this. That's the most exciting thing, really, about this is as having it of uh, that style. Uh, the one thing that I, I hope that they do right bringing in Jane Foster is I hope she doesn't, you know... I want her to have a learning curve because, okay, so she's shown up, she's got the hammer, so now she's got the power. I want to see her learning to use it because she's not been in a fight before that we know of. So she, you know, just because you've got the power doesn't mean you're going to be that good with it yet, right? So I want to see her learning how to use her powers as this goes on and watch her progress so we can look at her as being a, a new growing hero and give her a good origin story in this. 
because uh, clearly we're, we're passing the torch on. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I hope that they do it right and not just make her just like, oh, because I have power, I you now have all the fighting skills I possibly need. I'm like, well, no, you don't. You've never been in a fight. You're a scientist. You know? So yeah. I, I want to see her learn to use those powers. So uh, but I'm excited for this because it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun because that last well, door it, movie it, was so great. Yeah, and that that director is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, he's very very wink wink. Have a good time. I I would love to see Jeff Goldblum, but uh, you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they might find a way to squeeze him in. He's still alive, right? So I, I, I think I, I think he is. <laughs> yeah. So, but we do get Christian Bale as Gore, the God Killer. Oh man, he's almost unrecognizable. Uh, oh, but see, one thing about him is, and th- I'm using this correctly this time, he is a character actor. When he gets into something, he gets into it. I mean, this is the yeah. guy who loses all the weight in the world for a guy who's starving, yeah. and then he puts on all the weight. Puts I on mean, all that muscle to be Batman. Yeah, and, and in fact, he put on too much weight at first. Right. Remember they called him Batman? <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, it, this is the guy, when he gets into it, he really becomes yeah. it. He throws and, himself uh, into a character big time. And when I first was looking up the character, when I first heard, this was months ago, heard who he was, almost a year ago, I heard who he was going to play. I looked up the the character, very interesting. The guy was all white, yet he reminded me of Venom, where he had this black stuff coming off of him. Yeah. And and so when I saw this picture, there was a picture, and he had this black stuff coming out of his mouth. almost. You know what it reminded me? It reminded me of that scene near the end of Batman, where Batman Returns, where Penguin had had that junk, you know? Yeah. So what I was sitting there thinking, it looks like they're going to use that even. I just don't know to what extent, but we'll see. We will see, yeah. But uh, with that, and then Russell Crowe is Zeus. I mean, come on, this has got a, some oh, heavy he, caliber actors he, in this he's thing. Perfect, really. Perfect. He's perfect for that. Yeah, after, after Gladiator. <laughs> well, Gladiator, and 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 I don't mean this is a, well, maybe I, I don't, I don't know, not a huge fan, but still, he has a real way about him where he kind of look full of himself and egotistical. <laughs> uh, well, he does, but I don't yeah. mean that as an insult to him. I just mean he's good at that role. Yes, he can play it very well. Hmm. So I'm excited. This is coming in July. We got a little while to wait, but we got plenty of fun stuff to watch on Disney Plus, clearly, while we're waiting for this to come along. But now, because we got to keep the show moving, it's time for a movie review. And then after the movie review, we'll just dive right into our conversation. Well, my conversation with Gary K. Wolf, creator of Jessica Rabbit. But before I hit this button, I want to remind you, of course, to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com because I have a little link in there. If you happen to have a podcast, my podcast reviews, click on the little banner there in like midway down the page, and you can sign up. For, I think it's like $50 a year is all I'm paying, really. And I get every review that anyone makes sent to me on my email so I can see all different types of reviews that come in so I know how people think I'm doing. And hey, by the way, if you haven't left a review from the show, you can very easily, because of my podcast reviews, leave a review for the show, and I do encourage you to do that because I want to know, am I scratching the itch for you? Are, are you enjoying the show? Uh, I want to know. I want to hear from you. So make sure you visit the website and leave a review. And if you happen to have a podcast, set up an account so you can get all the reviews and see them. Uh, it's a really great service. But now, here we go with the movie review. Oh, want to see a movie? Yeah. Any good? It was bad? I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A fandom oh, nexus movie review. Well, you know, sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks, so we need a couple of gum shoes uh, to pick up the slack sometimes, don't we? Would you say? 
Uh oh, I lost Philip. No, I'm here. Oh, there you are. I didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> I didn't know what you were saying. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you, you know, you just decided to quit paying attention to me. So, so have the listeners by now, anyway. Uh, but, anyways, so we had a film version of Shippendale's Rescue Rangers, and it is no secret. Uh, everything I'd seen or heard about this, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And even with that last trailer, I was like, wow, they're really uh, trying to get into that Roger Rabbit uh, area. Uh, and frankly, uh, I, I've had a lot of people who will say um, uh, with all these film franchises, they're kind of getting a, a big boot and back into into modern times or whatever, getting, you know, they're bringing it back. Uh, there's There's been people who worry that they're going to rely so much on the nostalgia that they're not going to bother creating a story. And, I mean, Go- Ghostbusters Afterlife was walked really close to that line of almost rehashing some of the same story that we'd already gotten. But they did it in just a way that it was a tribute uh, to yeah. towards Ghostbusters. Now, this, this Chippendale movie relied so heavily on nostalgia and bringing all these cameo characters that I swear, every five seconds there's a different character. You could make a drinking game out of this and be drunk before you got ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> Luckily, that's, we don't do that. <laughs> that's all this movie had, and it was even so far to where they had a T2 reference, clearly in there, where one oh, character's kind of liquefied, and uh, you, I even hear the drums kind of go, chun, 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 chun. Uh, before they, oh, no, they did. That is what it was. Yeah, it was totally it a T2 reference. Uh, yeah. But there's no originality into the quote-unquote jokes. They're basically, their joke was like, oh, look, that character's in the background. Or here's a sign, which, now, it was kind of amusing that they managed to get Butthead as, as a senator. But I'm like, well, that, that I bet that would happen. If, he, if there was somebody as dumb as Butthead, he probably would get elected uh, in the world we have. So, oh. you know, but the jokes were just like, all the jokes were was, you know, what cameo have we snuck in the back somewhere? Or what character has just showed up? Oh, that, that's, that's the joke is that you got to see that character. And uh, it, it really, uh, that, that's all they relied upon because the story didn't make a whole lot of sense because you get to see Chip and Dale growing up. But then Peter Pan also, okay, so this still falls in line. Peter Pan has un- also, unfortunately, grown up as a cartoon. Uh, but yet we see a Lost Boy come along later who has not grown at all, and he's still a little kid in a Lost Boy outfit. But they're they're, they're not supposed to be Lost Boys that really live in Neverland. They're and they're tune actors that were acting in a series a la Roger Rabbit. So it didn't make sense that this character didn't grow up. Also, when the entire plot revolves around being able to erase uh, uh, parts of you uh, and rewrite parts of you, why couldn't Peter Pan when he's having a problem of well, I'm growing up and people don't want a grown up Peter Pan. Why couldn't he just go through the same process that he's doing and make himself into a younger-looking cartoon? Because you could just erase. You could erase the stubble. You could erase the the, the beer belly, whatever they put on him. Uh, it, it just didn't make any daggum sense. Now, the difference between this and Roger Rabbit is Roger Rabbit was original and it was clever. And it didn't rely on, on all the characters you see in the background for a joke or for story. Uh, and... Uh, they the 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 only thing that I guess qualifies as being almost meta or a joke is that there this is a reboot of something that keeps making jokes about needing a reboot and they even at the end of the of the film during the credits they have forget what the critics say uh, which to me I was saying in other words make some garbage and exploit our nostalgia well that's all this movie did and it worked for a lot of people and if you managed to have fun and enjoy this good good for you I'm glad you had fun I didn't because I expected better well. On the other side of that, uh, it, to me, I didn't think it was going to be uh, a great film, and it wasn't, but I didn't expect it to be, and I didn't think it was supposed to be, uh, so th- therefore I had a good time, 
but uh, I wasn't. A, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Chippendale Rescue Rangers when when the show was on. But where I, I personally enjoyed it was it was funny because it was just them as the actors, not as the characters. And the mm-hmm. characters were fun. And if they ever wanted to do Chippendale's Rescue Rangers again, they could because this was luckily just a movie all by itself. And that was kind of fun where it's not uh, – it's not in, what's where we use in continuity? Yeah, um, it's not in the universe because the old show that we watched was supposed to be them as actors being in that show, which also doesn't address <laughs> the concept that, you know, we had Chip and Jail cartoons all through, the, you know, what oh, the yeah. – 30s, 40s, well, yeah, 50s. What about those? Exactly. The, it it doesn't make any sense yeah. in that situation. So therefore, that's why this is just kind of its own little. Hey, by the way, see, it, it, in a way, it was kind of fun to get to see. As you said, it, the most of the I won't use the word story, but most of the uh, fun of it is getting to see other characters. I enjoyed especially seeing He Man and Skeletor. Yeah, uh, and the, I, I did appreciate Alan Oppenheimer was actually back voicing Skeletor. Oh sure, that was you could hear it. Yeah, and. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed, and, and he went sitting there, huh? And <laughs> that was fun. And I enjoyed seeing how the chipmunks are talking about the chipmunks, you know? <laughs> that was yeah, funny. Yeah, like, the chipmunks, whatever. yeah. Well, the the funny part about that to me was you got to make kind of snide comments about the chipmunks don't look as good in CGI to them <laughs> as they did the cartoon type of things. And that's funny. And also about Baloo the Bear, they, he doesn't look as good in CGI as he does in the original. And that, that it's kind of comical because that's what a lot of us think anyway and that's at least humorous because you know uh many of us think that already because we're old school we like the original yeah. and uh so we get to say that in this way they're kind of making fun of themselves yeah because and, and basically blue the bear from tailspin and jungle book is literally the one who was the live action quote-unquote jungle book although not yeah, voiced by anybody who's even trying to sound like the original voice or even bill murray so i was like oh okay no. But, well, it was also just such a short scene. It would have been kind of yeah. weird just to have him come back for that. Plus, most of those actors are gone. Not Bill Murray necessarily, yeah. but, you know, it's Bill Murray. You can't really. Uh, but anyway, then they, I liked how they even had a uh, moment of Shrek uh, with the shampoo. <laughs> and they're kind of, oh. they're, making, they're making fun of how they make anything oh, and everything. Yeah. The and merchandising. The Where the real movie, mo- uh, money from the movie is made. That's kind of funny yeah. uh, that they were mocking that. So I got a kick out of those kinds of things. I'm not saying it was a great flick uh, one way or another, but I will say this. I did not like the way – and I, I think they did this on purpose, but I didn't care much for the way uh, uh, Dale looked in the CGI, the nostrils and all. I think they purposely made him a little overboard to, because he was just – it was just too much, too much detail. And, and I was like, oh, he's not as lovable. He's – because Dale was a fun, and it, you know the voices I recognize them, of course, the good actors, but I enjoyed the original voices and from the cartoon, and I yeah. did like that they sometimes would get laughing. I don't know that they were supposed to be drunk per se, but they would sometimes uh, get to laughing and they'd sound more like themselves. Yeah, but I like the original voices. That's just me, but I did enjoy it in the sense that will I ever watch again? Probably not. Yeah. But now <laughs> the reason why I did enjoy it was my nephew. Oh, I get to watch there you with go. my nephew. And that's the reason why I enjoy cartoons as much as I do. So when I'm with my nephew, uh, first of all, I enjoy them because it's a time of uh, nostalgia. And uh, I watch the original uh, Rescue Rangers occasionally. And But even more than Rescue Rangers, I enjoy the original Chip and Dale cartoon. Yeah. And, uh, and but yeah with, all, with all the nostalgic references made in this movie, I mean, somebody as young as Freddie, I don't know if he would really be able to follow up with, like, who are all these he people? He enjoyed it, though. 
Yeah. He enjoyed well, it. Well, that's though. good. Because I couldn't tell who they were happened. making this movie for. It's like, it's, it's very childish humor, but yet all the stuff you put in there, it seems to be aimed at the adults. But he, he really loved all the characters. And he luckily, he knows a lot of the nostalgia because of his mother and I. <laughs> and uh, his, his mother, my sister, uh, she likes a lot of the old school cartoons right. and stuff. And she collects a lot of Disney Jones. Or jazz, excuse me. And then... Um, and then me being me, and he knew he man all them, and uh, he, he knows all that. He's watched all that since he was a little baby, so he's like, "Hey, I know him," or "Oh, hey, Shrek," or "Hey," and uh, so he laughed at it, and he he really liked it. He and I try to watch any kind of new cartoon, new movie, or whatever that he wants to watch. I'll watch most of the time, and uh, there's some that are really hard for me, but I'll do it because I try to. You know, you're only young once, yeah, and uh, and he likes having an uncle that's willing to be young with him. So, yeah, because we grow wise, we grow strong, but we never grow up. There you go. There we go. Hey, I like it. I like it. Yeah, well, that's on the picture you bought me that's here in my office. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about it. Yeah. I, mean, I forgot about the statement, I mean, not the picture. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, and that's kind of uh, our slogan around here. So, yeah, we just never grow up. But, but of course, we have to grow wise and strong because we still have to be adults, I guess. That's right. We just don't grow That's up right. as adults. We just have there's to do adult between, things. <laughs> I say it all the time. There's a difference between, I say this to folks because you all see my office here at the church, yeah. but there's a difference between being childish and childlike. Right. And childlike positivity goes a long way because you have to you have to Amen. be able to think positively because we live in a very dark world. Absolutely. So, as as yeah. we've seen. There we go. But yeah, so if everybody, if y'all managed to have fun watching it, then that's great. I'm happy you and yeah. had a fun time, and I'm glad for you. I just, I didn't have, a, you know, I, I was, I had low expectations anyway, and my low expectations were met. Uh, I did so, love seeing Darkwing Duck. That was funny. Yeah, having Darkwing Duck in the end, and people were like, oh, we want Darkwing Duck. I'm like, oh no, please don't ruin Darkwing Duck too. Now I will say, <laughs> if they made a Darkwing Duck, I don't want it like that. Yeah, I want, I'd want Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. duck. Like if I they, they do a gargoyles movie, I want gargoyles. Yes, yes I don't please. want that for at least with rescuers. At least they did on his own little thing like that. Yeah. But I would love to see a Darkwing Duck. Uh, you know, you could do computer animated even. That wouldn't yeah. bother me. Although I do miss the classic animation. I miss that. Uh, yeah, uh, I love they, a good old hand drawn. Me too. Because Chip didn't quite look right because it was it was a computer attempting to mimic the hand drawn. I mean, yeah. and, and I know you have to kind of draw with the computer, but I know it just yeah. doesn't look the same as old classic hand drawn. It's not the um, I don't know. Of course, I'm old school, but uh, and also an artist. So, but I can see all the hard work and it moves so smooth. And, yeah. And well, it, it didn't look as smooth. As, I mean, Chip looked a little choppier than actually I, than he should have. Yeah, Doc said, "I love the guy who does the voice. He, he is a good comedian, and he was. If you're going to go that route, like they did, they they picked two guys personality wise who's perfect for it. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but now, he's Will really Arnett good. was somebody in there, and I was I wasn't. Oh, that, he was a yeah. yeah. Will Arnett's a good actor too. He did. Um, I can't remember who it was uh, that he played. But anyway, he did yeah. a good job too. I amazed. But, I, I I knew that I knew the names, but I couldn't place faces. So I was just trying. I was just trying to stick with the like. Okay, oh, so this is, this is what they sound like, and this is what they sound like, and okay, we're moving on. And I yeah. I gotta say, I, with with not knowing what the rules of the tunes are, I don't know how in the heck uh, the whole zipper and uh, a gadget thing was supposed to work. But that was disturbing. It was, but it was. It was <laughs> I gotta say, I was like, "How's that gonna work?" But I gotta say, it was kind of funny at the end, but it showed their kids or whatever. Yeah, I was like, 
Wow, that's yeah. funny. That that that's was funny. yeah. It was kind of I I I thought it was funnier getting to see in Muppets Most Wanted where the the cross between uh, Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy kids. Those were kind of funny looking. These yeah. these were nightmare fuel for me. Thinking like oh, it's oh, a fly and a mouse. Oh my, what in the heck? Oh, oh. Is that is that a, a flouse? Is that what do you I, call I that? I don't know what you call that, but that it does just don't make sense. Well, you know that's two of the uh, the. Annoying things you have in your house: a fly, <laughs> a fly or a mouse. To get both, a, a flower. Yeah. It's a flower. <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's one of those things that, in, in its own way, doesn't make sense. Kind of like Hagrid and Harry Potter. His mother's a giant. His father was a normal sized human. I don't understand how that works. Well, me neither. And I'm not going to get but, into details here. But no, me neither. I don't you, think you, though, you that are the the grown up that well the the adults that didn't grow up. Uh, there, there it is. I don't yeah. know how that works. I, you know, but that's one of the things that's always in the back of my head. Like how a, a fly and a mouse? Uh, how? I mean, they're two, yeah. so maybe you can just draw your children. Yeah, that's possible. Maybe, maybe that's the idea. You could just draw your your kids. You know, but who that's knows? Possible. Zipper and Gadget had a love affair going on behind the scenes. <laughs> But we got to wrap this and move into my conversation with one Mr. Gary K. Wolf. So uh, let's roll that in the here. Will you stop this foolishness? What foolishness would you like to see? Okay, folks, we are here with, let's see, a yoga enthusiast. Or do we call you a yogi at that point? Maybe. <laughs> well, I think yogi is the bear. Oh, okay. Uh, Just so wanted to be I, sure. <laughs> maybe I'm a yogi wolf, I guess. <laughs> well, yoga enthusiast. Author, creator, just overround a weird, goofy sense of humor kind of guy for, for coming up with the stuff you come up with. But everybody, this is Gary K. Wolf, known around the world as the creator of One White Rabbit. That is actually uh, uh, very funny. Uh, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> hey, thanks. Nice to, nice to be here. And uh, if, you could, uh, if you could see me right now, I'm sitting here. Roger is sitting next to me. He's eating a carrot. Uh, Jessica is out in the kitchen baking a carrot cake. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and I wish uh, I wish they could uh, they could come on the phone too. And of course, like the main thing, you know, not only were we so happy for you to have created Roger Rabbit for us, but to have created Jessica Rabbit for us, which is kind of like the focal uh, yeah, point. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, of, of all my characters, um, Jessica Rabbit seems to be the one that, that has struck the chord with the most amount of people. Um, I, uh, I, whenever I give a talk or a speech or something, teenage boys bow down in homage to me, uh, <laughs> as, as the guy who created Roger Rabbit, uh, Jessica Rabbit. And I went to China, uh, a couple of years back and I did some lectures on animation at the university. And when I gave it, I gave my talk every time I said, Jessica Rabbit, the translator would translate it, and everybody would kind of laugh. And at the end, I said to the, they said to the um, translator, why are you laughing when I say Jessica Rabbit? And he said, well, in China, Jessica Rabbit is is referred to as Big Melons. <laughs> and I said, oh. I said, oh, well, that's good. That makes me the Big Melon Man. I guess um, so. But... But no, I, uh, you know, I created Jessica. Jessica's uh, an ideal, an, an ideal character for a lot of reasons. Um, 
it, Jessica is a character that can be cosplayed by mm-hmm. any uh, kind of woman. You know, if you're a little zoftic, um, you can play Jessica Rabbit and look really, really good doing it. If you're, uh, you know, if you're a normal woman, if you're a slightly, slightly thin woman, anybody can play Jessica Rabbit. And um, I, I get a lot of guys playing Jessica Rabbit. They call themselves Jesse Rabbit. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're just adorable. They, they generally play Jessica with a you know, short red wig. Uh, they'll wear a, a red blazer, generally no shirt open. Um, uh, you know, all colors. I, I've had, I've had black Jessicas. I've had, I just saw, uh, Yaya Han, who was a Asian Jessica Rabbit cosplayer. who was incredible. She cinched herself up into a corset Ooh. to make her waist, uh, yeah, to make her waist thin. And she sensed it so tight that apparently she passed out. Uh, oh, no. You know. but, yeah. But, uh, you know, Jessica, Jessica strikes a chord with a lot of people. And I just wrote, I just wrote a Jessica Rabbit Origins novel, which is called Jessica Rabbit Serious Business. And it's spelled X-E-R-I-O-U-S with an X. And um, I felt that Jessica needed a storyline of her own. Uh, people are always asking me uh, a couple of questions, uh, you know, where did tunes come from and how did tunes, how did Toontown come to be? And of course, uh, you know, how did Roger meet Jessica? And so I, I decided I was going to answer all of those questions in, uh, in a novel. And, uh, you know, the pandemic came along. I had two years with nothing to do. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here and look out the window. So I said, I might as well write this. Jessica Rabbit Origins novel, uh, which I did, and it it, it it's going to throw it's going to throw uh, people a curveball because uh, in the novel, first of all, if people are going to go to it expecting a 1940s uh, noir kind of setting, they're going to be disappointed because it's set in modern times. But uh, to me, tunes and and Toontown are timeless. They, they exist in a, in a universe all their own. Uh, you can flip back and forth easily from 1940s to modern day, uh, probably even going to the future. Uh, and if you think about it, if they're set in the future, well, and they're actors, uh, they made a movie set in the 1940s. And, uh, you know, all of that was, was make-believe. So it, that doesn't bother me that they're set in modern times. Um, the, uh, the other thing that people are really going really gonna to wonder about, Jessica Rabbit uh, is human. She starts out as a human. And um, she, uh, she is a shop girl, poor shop girl, named uh, Jessica Krupnik. Uh, works in a store called Wacky Wabbits, which is a kind of a toy joke store, <laughs> and uh, lives in a trailer park with her with her mean stepmother, her uh, her uh, two mean stepsisters, and her equally mean three stepbrothers. And she just wants a better life. Uh, wants to have a life of adventure. Wants to fulfill uh, the destiny that. She believes she was uh, she was meant for, and then she sees an ad that is uh, a want ad 
uh, asking for women who seek adventure. And so she goes to answer the ad and um, beats out all the other candidates and is recruited into an organization called Sirius, which uh, is an organization that uh, is built to apprehend criminal masterminds. So in the novel, you know, my other novels, all the Roger Rabbit novels are noir mysteries. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm, I'm regarded uh, on the same level with, um, um, uh, you know, Phil, uh, Phil Marlowe and a lot of the guys who write uh, Daniel Hammett, who write hard-boiled crime, crime novels, except mine all have talking rabbits in them. <laughs> right. um, so, so this time I decided I wanted to, I wanted to explore a different genre. So I'm exploring the uh, Ian Fleming James Bond secret agent uh, premise. And so Jessica in this novel is, uh, is a secret agent. And um, you find out how Jessica goes from being a pretty ordinary, um, somewhat mousy shop girl to, you know, Jessica Rabbit. Uh, <laughs> you, you, also, uh, you also, in the course of the novel, find out how she met Roger, uh, how they fell in love, and where Toontown came from. Um, I, I wanted to portray Jessica as uh, a role model for women. Uh, and, you know, Jessica is, she's smart, she's attractive, um, she's resourceful, uh, she, she's smarter than any of the men that she comes up against in, in the novel and probably in, in life. She's certainly smarter than I am. And um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to portray her as uh, the kind of woman that other women today would want to be. I wanted her to be a role model for, for girls and women everywhere. And, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an old guy. And, you know, for a guy to write a story about uh, a, a role model woman, uh, not easily done, and I wasn't sure I could do it. So uh, I wrote it, and along the way, I got help from uh, you know a number of people. I I have a lot of uh, beta readers, and um, I, I had a number of them read drafts as I was going along to make sure that I wasn't uh, demeaning women or um, you know, in, in any way portraying Jessica uh, in, in sexist terms. And they said, no, nah, you're doing great. So at the end of the novel, when it was done, I had about 50 of uh, my beta readers, all women, uh, read it. And the results were pretty, pretty astounding. I mean, they all loved it. And they all thought that I portrayed Jessica as a, you know, a realistic uh although idealized woman and the most common comment I got was Jessica Rabbit is exactly the kind of woman I've always wanted to be. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I succeeded. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, let's go back in history a little bit. Let's go back in history and see why it's so hard for me, especially to write about women. Because uh, when I grew up, I grew up in a little farm town in Illinois and in that farm town, the boys, it, it was a, a, 
a, a warp of, of genetic uh, uh, possibilities. But the boys outnumber the girls by 35 to 1. All right, so 35 <laughs> wow. boys to one girl. So, you know, good. Being that one yeah. girl, I so, tell you what, you're popular. <laughs> yeah, really. So, I mean, good luck getting a date if you're the president of the checkers team, okay? <laughs> right. So, so um, I, I I had no sisters. Um, I, had, uh, I had some female cousins, but they lived quite a ways away, and I hardly ever saw them. Uh, my mother was a, was a working woman. She worked in a school cafeteria and, uh, she was not a feminine woman. Uh, I mean, she was, she was my mother, but, uh, you know, she wasn't the kind of woman that, uh, you would teach you to dance because she didn't know how herself. And so I, I never really, I never really understood woman. I, 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 I think I maybe still don't, I don't know. But uh, I, I remember, I, I finally remember the first date I had in high school when I was a senior in high school when I finally got a date. And I had, I persuaded, uh, I think she was a sophomore, really cute redheaded sophomore girl to go out with me. And I, I mean, this was my one shot. So I said, all right, I am going to, I am going to concoct the perfect date here. So I said, all right, we're going to, we're going to get on the train. We lived in a town called Earlville, which is about 72 miles from Chicago. I said, we're going to get on the train. We're going to go up to Chicago. We're going to see one of those new widescreen movies everybody's talking about. <laughs> then we're going to go out for a nice dinner at a really fancy restaurant. We're going to go back to Union Station, get on the train, and go home. And, you know, she went for that. She's okay. I mean, who wouldn't? So we go to the train station, Earlville, and I give her a ticket. She gets on the train. And I said, wait, I'm going to get her some snacks from the snack bar. So I go in the I go to the depot, I get some snacks, I come out, I'm getting ready to get on the train, and the conductor won't let me on the train. Uh-oh. And I say, well, I got a ticket. He says, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, your kind rides back there. And he points to the last car on the train. And I, 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 I had no idea what he was talking about. I was, it was clueless. So I went to the back car and got on. And that, that summer, I had worked for the state road crew. And so every day I was out working shirt off, no hat. And I had a really, really deep tan. Mm. And he thought I was one of the Mexicans who worked on the train line. Oh, goodness. They called them candy. They called them candy dancers. And the, the last car was reserved for the Mexican candy dancers to go from, you know, locale to locale to work on the train. And so I got on the last car and it was all full of Mexican candy dancers. And... Um, I, you know, I had no idea. I, I had never actually, I had never actually met a, a, a minority. I had no idea what this were, and I didn't know what to expect. And so I rode with these Mexicans all the way from Earlville up to Chicago, and they were a hell of a people. They, 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 they shared their food with me and told me stories, and uh, we just had a great time. And you know, I, I realized that that they weren't they were worse than I was or better than I was or even different than I was. They were basically the same as I was, except uh, and, and actually they were the same as I was because our skin was the same color. <laughs> so, um, you know, I got off the train in Chicago and I, of course I went up immediately up to the front car and 
find my find my girl and she got off. She was in tears. She was just crying uncontrollably because she had no idea where I was or what had happened. And so she got off the train. And she she just cashed her ticket, turned around, got on the next train, and went back. And so that was my first date and my wow. first experience with women. But what that planted the seeds for was Toontown. Because if you look at Toontown, what you have are, are characters, creatures, who are not better than humans, not worse, just different and, and funnier. And that's where the whole idea for a universe of, of tunes came from, from that ride up to Chicago on a train with Mexican candy dancers. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, and then later years when I finally got around to writing about Toontown and in Who Says Roger Rabbit, and I wrote the, uh, uh, I, I wrote the characters and I wrote Jessica and of course it got published and, um, whatever. And then I, you know, I started doing movie work and, uh, producers would, would come to me and, and we'd say, all right, we've got to, we've got to discuss the women in your script. And they said, well, you, you, we don't seem to really have a feel for women. And I said, well, I mean, I wrote Jessica rabbit and they said, well, <laughs> You know, if Jessica Rabbit is your idea of a woman, maybe you should stick to writing prison movies or uh, or war movies, so you don't have to, so you don't have to deal with the feminine element. Oh goodness! Uh, yeah, so, uh, but anyway, I, I I think I've I hope that I have surpassed uh, surpassed that, and I uh, I think I've done Jessica proud, and I think. Uh, so far, the sales of the book have been great, and um, the reviews, I can't remember, I think two of the reviews, I can't remember what the breakout is, but a lot of the reviews are women, and um, um, I, I'm gratified by that. I, I'm gratified by that, and Jessica deserves her own book, and uh, Jessica deserves to be set up there as a role model for everybody. Yeah, and one thing she's always proven to me, because you know, like one of my favorite uh, couples of any film has, has always been Roger and Jessica. And there's a line from the I don't yeah. know if you ever watched the television series Chuck, but there's a line in there that says sometimes the nerd gets the girl. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I was like, and, that's Roger um, and Jessica, and they look completely unlikely, but you know. Roger yes, just being absolutely. funny and being a weird yeah. person is exactly just who Jessica falls in love with. I love that. Absolutely. And uh, that's the relationship I explore here because everybody wants to know how did they meet? Uh, why did she fall in love with him? And uh, that's exactly the relationship um, I described here. And it, 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 again, just as much as the fact that Jessica in this book is a human, um, how she meets Roger or where Roger comes from is another one of those what kind of <laughs> moments. That, uh, in, in fact, uh, that was that was what my editor uh, said he was looking for, and uh, I, I gave it to him in spades. I mean, you, you yeah. It, the thing about this book is you're not going to be able to figure out what's going to happen. You know, I, the, the worst thing for me is when I go into a movie or I start to read a book and, 
uh, you know, I see the first 10 minutes of the movie, I don't know how it's going to end. Yeah. Or I read the first first 20 pages of a book, and I know how it's going to end. Believe me, you've got no <laughs> idea here. Oh, the, uh, another interesting thing about, about this book, Series Business, is that um, I was looking for a cover design. I had... I had a designer that I've used before, and uh, he just just didn't seem to didn't seem to get what it was I wanted. Uh, even though I described it at infinitum and uh, pulled together some photographs, I just wasn't getting it. And then one day, over the transom, a fan named Andy Christie uh, sent me uh, a drawing, uh, kind of a. Uh, Art, Art Nouveau, uh, Modigliani kind of uh, Picasso-esque drawing of Jessica. And um, it just blew me away. And, and he said, uh, well, would you, would you post this on your Facebook page? And I said, geez, I'll do more than that. I'm going to put this on the cover of my book. <laughs> and... And the, the guy, of course, was blown away by that because, <laughs> you know, all, all he wanted was for me to put it on the Facebook page and say, hey, you know, Andy Prisney does nice work. But now it's on the cover of the book. See, I'm, I was a little, uh, I was a little uh, hamstrung by the covered photograph because for the majority of the so Jessica Rabbit at the end of the book becomes... The Jessica Rabbit we all know and love. And she goes from Jessica Krupnik to Jessica Rabbit. But for the majority of the book, she is not that Jessica Rabbit. So I did not want to portray her on the cover as that Jessica Rabbit. I, you know, I wanted to give the impression of Jessica Rabbit without actually showing Jessica Rabbit, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, most things I say don't, but, uh, you know, sometimes I, uh, I hit a, you know, single. Anyway, um, this, this illustration does that just perfectly. It is, it is so great. And uh, when people see the illustration, it just blows them away. And then when they hear the story, that this was a fan who sent me this artwork, <laughs> right. and, and that I use it. Uh, I, I, w- I will tell you that uh, even though when I said, well, uh, uh, you know, I, I, how much do you want from this? And he said, oh, no, no, it's yours for free. Uh, I said, nah, that's not, the way, that's not the way we do things even in Toontown. So I, <laughs> I did pay him. I did pay him for his artwork. But, uh, you know, fan artwork. And, you know, for all you fans out there who are uh, who are artists who say, "Well, geez, how am I ever going to get my big break?" This is how it happens. Just <laughs> just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Take a risk. <laughs> take a risk. Yeah, yeah, take a risk. What do you got to lose? Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're just drawing some artwork and just showing to somebody. There really is nothing to lose. Just like, hey, I I like your characters. I drew one of them. Ta-da! <laughs> you never well, know. Well, yeah, I I would uh, if people follow me on Facebook. Uh, and everybody should follow me on Facebook. Uh, I, I, I post a lot of, <laughs> you know, worthless, meaningless stuff there. But I, uh, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, I link to Andy Prisney quite often. And the, the guy is just brilliant. He, he is a simple 
He uses simple line art, very simple drawings. Mm-hmm. And every day he comes up with three things that'll just blow you away. So um, I'm glad I could give a break to a struggling young artist. It was, it was very, very pleasurable for me. Yeah. And, you know, with this style of mu- of uh, with story, with how everything's kind of getting rebooted, this, uh, this I, I could see this as being, because a, a, you could do straight as a live action film. Uh, of just watching, you know, Jessica going through well, becoming the well, spy. This would be funny. interesting. Well, funny you should mention this because uh, after I wrote the novel, uh, I wrote the screenplay. Nice. So it is. Yes, it is already. And and you are you are absolutely right. Um, it is perfectly set up for a live action animated movie, um, and. You know, I mean, there have been tons of of uh, reboots mm-hmm. that have done animated movies as uh, live action. Right. Uh, 101 Dalmatians. I mean, you can go on and on. Um, but this one kind of goes the other way. It, uh, it takes a live action character and kind of shows how she became um, a, uh, an animated character. Although, and although, well, I'm, I'm not going to give anything away. Right. I, yeah, I, you know, this, and I, as I, as I said before, this is the first time this, you're an exclusive here because this mm-hmm. is the first time that I have actually talked about this, uh, this book on an interview. It just came out like a week ago, Monday. So this is the first time I've ever talked about it. And I don't really know what's going to come out of my mouth. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and, um, like I like I say, this book is just chock full of surprises. You you will not be able to figure out what's going to happen next. You will have no clue. And um, you know, I want to give readers enough information to kind of whet their appetites and persuade them to to, to buy it. Uh, but I don't want to give away the you know I don't want to give away the big McGilla. I don't want to right. tell the. <laughs> Now, would you recommend someone read this book before reading the other, the, I'll call it the Roger Rabbit trilogy? Nah, it, <laughs> nah, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think people should read them all. I mean, uh, yeah. I certainly have. But it, it, no, <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, this I, book... I've got the other three actually currently on order on Amazon because I remember I read Who Plugged Roger Rabbit actually back in middle school, and that's been a really long time ago, so I don't remember everything. So I'm like, you know, I need to reread that, but I figured if I'm going to do it, let me reread all three of these and then dive into this one. Because, yeah, the way they came out, Who who Censored Roger Rabbit was first, Uh, then Who Plugged Roger Rabbit was second because the movie came out Mm -hmm. You know, the movie was, I had no intention of ever writing a sequel, but the movie was such a smash that I was just besieged with offers to write a sequel, so I did. Uh, and uh, then, um, years later, I was I was writing a different novel for a different publisher, or something else entirely, and they wanted me to do a blog. And they said, well, you, you should put something on the blog every day to get people to come to it, too, you know. And I said, oh, I, you know, I'm going to look at my stuff. And I said, oh, I've got a a Roger Rabbit novel I started uh, after I did uh, Who Censored Roger Rabbit that I just put aside and never finished. Hmm. So I, I'll, I'll write, 
I'll publish a chapter of that on my blog every day. And I said, you've got a, you've got a, a nearly finished Roger Rabbit novel. And they, they said, yeah. So well, once you finish that, we'll publish that instead. So I did. So that <laughs> even though Whacked Roger Rabbit came out as the third in this series, it's actually the second. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I wrote it after I did Who Censored Roger Rabbit. And if, if you read Censored, Whacked, and Plugged, you'll see that Censored and Whacked are very breathing, very dark, really uh, prototypical uh, noir crime mysteries. Uh, Plugged is a little bit lighter, but still uh, fairly, uh, you know, a grown-up adult book. Um, This one... This one is fourth in the series, but it, it's a total oddball. I mean, it stands uh, it stands mm-hmm. on its own. You can you can read this one without knowing anything at all about the others. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know enough to read this one and and figure out what's going on and you know who's who and who the characters are. Yeah. And is there some potential that we might find out a few other adventures that Jessica has had as part of Sirius? Well, I, you got to read the book, but okay. uh, when you get to the when you get to the end, um, uh, you tell me if uh, if there's going to be more. Uh, you you tell me. I, again, it's one of those things that I don't want to give away too many secrets. <laughs> um, but uh, could be, yeah, could be. Uh, right right now, um, right now I've, I I came I came up with a, just a brilliant brilliant idea for a new kind of tune so uh the fifth in the series will be we'll go back to um uh noir mysteries and it will be a roger rabbit and evalian now nice so uh yeah i'll do that one and and i i'm still i don't even i can't even tell you the title because i haven't really decided what it's going to be yet <laughs> but uh it, it's going to be the, the same as censored and whacked uh, very noir mystery uh, and then when I finish that one, um, I'll maybe give Jessica another shot. You know, we'll see. We'll see. And that's just kind of a fun question. When I was looking up on uh, your I don't know, profile, the About Me, uh, I'm kind of curious what sort of comic books you were reading when you were young that helped uh, forge this crazy imagination <laughs> of yours. Well, uh, there were a couple. I, um, I, I, was, I was a huge, huge comic book reader. And um, I was... I was before the Stanley era. So my comic books were Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. I uh, love those three. Yep. Uh, Uncle Scrooge. Oh, I loved Uncle Scrooge. Loved Donald Duck. In fact, uh, you know, people say, who is your favorite comic book or cartoon character? And I, I would almost Donald ahead of Roger, but don't tell Roger that. <laughs> uh, I love Donald Duck. Uh, Uncle Scrooge. Uh, I had a me and my friend John Myers, who became the Catholic Archbishop of New Jersey. We had an Uncle Scrooge fan club. Nice. And we used to we yeah, we used to squeeze every nickel until it hollered. And uh, <laughs> in those days, when you bought chewing gum, you could peel the tin foil off the chewing gum, and we used to collect. Tin foil. Mm. I, I guess I guess we intended to sell it someday, but uh, <laughs> we both had huge balls of tin foil, and 
uh, we always always tease him about uh, my balls were bigger than yours, but we never actually got around to physically comparing. Um, anyway, that that was it. And um, it, you know, in later years, I got into graphic novels. Uh, you know, I still think that Mouse is is one of the you know best you know comic books uh, if you want uh, graphic novels. Watchmen. Um, I, I kind of skipped the whole uh, Stanley Golden Age era. Oh my! Because I was well, I was I was in college and I was wow. I was in the uh, Air Force. I was at Air Commando. I was in Vietnam. And, wow! Um, yeah, you just you know you didn't you didn't read Spider Man in the jungle. <laughs> so I I, I kind of missed that. I I also missed out on a lot of. A lot of rock and roll. I, you know, I was over. I was in the jungles when the when the Rolling Stones came around, and uh, actually even the Beatles. So I never really got to got to appreciate the early Beatles and early Rolling Stones. Mm. Um, but uh, I, you know, occasionally I still read comic books. I, I still do, and um, um, I, I, you know, Archie. I love Archie. I I, I was watching that reboot of Archie on TV, uh, Riverdale, um, which kind of takes the whole Archie mythology and uh, does, you know, weird things with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always approached by, by parents who, who when I, when I say, I, you know, get your kids to read. That's, that's yeah. what's, that's what's important. Get them to read. It doesn't matter what. And they come to me and they say, oh, my kid only reads, uh, my kid only reads comic books. I said, well, it didn't do me any harm. Yeah. You know? So, uh, <laughs> your kid just might color in a blue cow, is all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a whole other story. More power to him. And for anyone who wants to know about the blue cow, I'm just going to recommend you go to GaryWolf.com and read the about, and we'll save that as a surprise for you when you read it. It's a great story. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great story, true story, too. And uh, uh, people ask me, uh, well, you know the story. Uh, people don't know the story, but people ask me, whatever happened to that teacher? Did you ever see her again? And uh, I did, indeed, when um, when the movie came out and I uh, went back to my hometown in Roville and gave a talk. And that teacher, who was the Blue Cow teacher, came up to me and said, I always knew you were, you were creative and I always knew you would be successful because you had such a vivid imagination. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Let's <laughs> see. Yes. Encourage your kids to read. Imagine things, put that phone down for a little bit and use your imagination. I mean, heck, I remember when I was a kid, you know, when we didn't have phones and everything, we'd run around outside and I was never very athletic. So my imagination was my greatest toy and we'd have our own little adventures running around Absolutely. the neighborhood. So could you come up with stories and you act a, them out. Yeah, I grew up as an only child and uh, uh, in a small town. And um, most of the kids in my town were farm kids. So I was one of the few kids who lived in, in town itself and, I never had anybody to play with, so I had to make my own fun. And I used to go out in the backyard and make up my own stories. And I did that, did that for years and years. And uh, you know, again, doesn't seem to have done me any harm. Yeah, so. worked pretty well for Walt Disney. He'd make up stories and tell them to his little sister underneath the tree. <laughs> yep, That's absolutely. Legendary, absolutely. So there yeah, you go. Absolutely. 
So yeah, imagination is a wonderful thing, and just you know, I I, I worry some sometimes that kids are just not getting a chance to really engage theirs when they're spending all their time on their phone all the time. You got everything at the touch well, of your fingers. I'm worried about that. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a different environment, and um, I, I you know I see kids who play video games, and I. I'm not a video game guy. I'm a pinball guy. I love pinball machines. I've never, I've never been able to play video games. But um, I think that there's something to be gained by playing video games mm-hmm. because these kids have reflexes yeah. that are just astounding. And um, I just don't, I don't have that kind of reflex. I never have had that kind of reflex. And I think that playing video games... Um, kind of makes you look at the world in a different way. And I don't think there's anything bad about that. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I say read first, you yeah. know, read comic books second. Uh, if you can't do that, uh, play video games. You know, whatever, whatever you do that kind of gets you out of yourself is good. Um, you know, if you just, sit in your room and brood all the time. Uh, that's bad. So uh, <laughs> yeah. anything else? I, I, I can't complain. <laughs> All right. Well, I have seen that your books, uh, if, if somebody just goes and even searches for Gary K. Wolf on Amazon, you can order all the books there. Of course, if you go to GaryWolf.com, you can find a place to order all your books. Heck, I even wonder, there's a section of uh, uh, this just all of your works. That uh, I kind of wonder, is some of like your old stuff still available, like Space Vulture and <laughs> Killer Ball? Oh, yeah. All your old oh, science yeah, yeah, fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Space, Space Vulture is done. In fact, I just signed a copy of that for somebody the other day. Uh, yeah, all of that's still, still available. Uh, uh, I've got a book of my short stories that um, uh, called Road to Toontown that shows kind of how I got from science fiction to talking rabbits. Um, it, it includes my first short story, which was uh, 50 pages called Love Story. And um, I, I, I wrote it in 1971 or two, I think. I can't remember. But I got paid $50 for it. They paid me a dollar a page. <laughs> and I was as happy with that sale as I've ever been with any thing sale in my life, even a movie sale, because that meant that I was an actual writer that I, I had made money off of something that I had written. So I said, all right, you know, first thing I've got to do is I've got to get myself a writer's wardrobe. <laughs> so I was living in, living in San Francisco at the time. So what do writers wear in San Francisco? Well, I went out and I got myself a, a tweed jacket with leather pants uh, with uh, leather patches on the sleeves. I got myself a, uh, a brown turtleneck and then I went to a place called East West Musical Instrument Company, which sold leather pants. And I got myself a pair of leather pants. Um, the whole outfit wound up costing me 350 bucks. So, I, yeah, so my first sale, uh, I actually wound up in the hole by 300 bucks. Um, but I, I, I'm proud to say that I can still wear those leather pants today, although... This be in the seventies, those leather pants are wide dough bottoms. So, <laughs> <laughs> we all make our mistakes. You're right. <laughs> I probably got a few wardrobe items that it's probably a good thing I don't fit into anymore. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. I'll find out what happens when I finally have a garage sale around this place. Of what's the people are going to look at me like? I'm not buying that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I have to convince them. Retro is in though. Come on. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably the most retro uh, thing I own. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm starting to to find out about myself because I'm about to turn 45 and I'm realizing I'm getting to that curmudgeon stage where I just look at kids today. I'm like I'm like I don't understand you kids. <laughs> Why does everything just, slap just now? Gets, <laughs> just gets worse. Just gets worse. It's only it's only a hop, skip, and a jump to hey kid, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think we're close enough because I don't even I can't mow our front yard because my wife has planted things all over it in different areas, and I don't know where they all are. So I, she has to mow so she knows the pattern of how to not kill her stuff. So like, all I need now is for some it. kid to go walking through the yard and trample near where I think there might be a flower, and I'm going to be coming out the door. Hey, kid, get off my lawn! It's going to happen. I got to tell you that that was pretty clever of you to to arrange <laughs> to have your wife. <laughs> Except for I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, I plant, plant, plant the stuff so only she can mow the lawn. That's, that's, that's brilliant. That's genius level. <laughs> Except for the front of the yard is not that big, so it's kind of an easy thing. So, but, yeah, she kind of, you know, there's a section here, and I, I've only contributed to where I know the flower bed. I'm like, okay, I know where the flower bed, I know where that stuff is. But she went and has a little patch here and a little patch there and uh, – you know, I contributed, I think, close to, to like, the, the, the road where, you know, you're supposed to put, like, that row of flowers to greet everybody driving by. I've put some over there, but I don't know where she's hidden stuff. And sometimes you just got to look for where she's got, like, a stick she picked up somewhere and shoved down next to where a plant is growing. And we even have problems where uh, I put some Gerber – no, not my Gerber daisies. What did I put over there? Um, some daylilies, yeah, that I planted kind of on the border between us and our neighbor. Well, the neighbor, uh, an older lady, she's hired some people out that to, and to mow her yard, and they have a habit of crossing into our yard a little bit, just enough to keep mowing over. And my my daylilies have never had a chance to come out and bloom because every year they get mowed over. So we put a little fencing thing there, and I'm like, all right, this year, this year, my daylilies are going to be able to grow because there's a bulb still in there somewhere. So. You know, hearing that, you make me glad that I live in a high-rise penthouse <laughs> in Boston, and my only my only garden is hydroponic. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of the things when we bought the house a couple years ago. My wife was just dying and waiting to be able to start planting a garden and everything, and she wanted to put a vegetable garden in the backyard. But we realized we have a ton of squirrels, so I'm like, "Yeah, you're gonna, oh. as soon as the vegetable sprouts, we're going to have squirrels just ripping them apart," and so. We got to figure that out first. Oh, Otherwise, I, you know, I'm on a strawberry patch too. You know, you know, as a as a guy who deals with cartoon animals, I'm supposed to love all small animals, but I tell you, I can't stand squirrels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a tomato, I had a tomato uh, patch once, and those squirrels would come over and eat the tomatoes, <laughs> and they would sit on my fence and sit there eating a the tomato right in front of me, and they would only eat a quarter of the tomato uh. and throw the rest away. <laughs> furry little jerks oh, yeah. but it has definitely been an honor having you on the show this week but I don't want to oh, take up all your time thanks it's been so fun it's so, so much fun thanks so much and you know uh, I am amazed to think that a character that I created back in what 1981 uh, is now going to have her, she's got her own novel and the thing that amazes me is how 
how timeless Jessica Rabbit really has become. I uh, people send me pictures of their tattoos. I have got <laughs> pictures of Jessica tattooed on every part of the human body you can imagine, and they're they, they're still doing it. I think that Jessica must be tattooed on the arms of half the sailors in the Navy. And, uh, I, I am I am so gratified by that that I created a character that. You know, everybody knows. You, you, you go anywhere and you say, oh, Jessica Rabbit, and everybody knows. Uh, so it's really it's really a, a lot of satisfaction for me, and I'm, I'm glad to have done it. I'm glad I made a lot of people happy with that, and I'm hoping the book does the same. Yep, and I look forward to checking it out. So it's like, I want to go ahead and read the other three, because I don't re- like I said, I yeah, read Plug, and I don't remember it. But. Jessica Rabbit. Serious business, two ninety nine on Kindle, hmm. and if you're Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Yeah, I can't beat that price. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, except for I'm, I'm old school enough. I like having a book in my hand, so I'm glad it's available on hardcover yeah, and too. paperback. Yeah, so too. I like to have. Yeah, have to hold. You know, Although I, my eyes are getting bad, right? In I, order to read, I have to hold it away or put my glasses on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like it. I like it too because uh, I, it's the only thing I can autograph. Right. You know, a guy once said. A guy once said, "Well, I read on Kindle." I said, well, send me your Kindle. I'll, I'll sign that. But I did. <laughs> I got this package, and I opened it up, and there's a Kindle. Oh, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> so I signed the back of it and sent it back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, well, anybody can get a hold of you. Of course, you are on Facebook, which is how I know it, because that's how yeah, I am on Facebook, you. and... Uh, the best part is uh, to go to my website, www.garywolf.com. Uh, I'm going to start doing a blog, too, in a couple of weeks, so you'll be able to, you'll be able to get my daily musings uh, to see what I'm up to. Uh, that's awesome. a lot of fun. And, of course, okay. these are available in paperback, hardback, Kindle, and you even have some audiobooks. But not not zero. Yeah, not, not, not of Jessica, not of Jessica, but the other three right. are all in audiobooks. And I tell you, it's a lot easier with the audio books, because the way I used to do it, if somebody wanted like an audio version, they would call me up and I would read it to them over the phone. <laughs> and so this, this saves me a whole lot of time. You know? Right. <laughs> and I thought about getting the audio books. I was like, no, I'm going to sit and read it. <laughs> so, because I got, I've got them on order. Because I realized I didn't realize that you had had all the other ones. Like the old ones were being republished. I was like, well, hey, yeah, man, I'm picking oh, yeah, up all of them. Yeah, so yeah, they're, they're all, all available. They're all so everybody, go to GaryWolf.com and you can order the whole set. I mean, I actually got a pretty good package deal actually on yeah, Amazon. Everybody so. buy, buy in bulk. Buy in, buy bulk. in bulk. There you go. <laughs> give you something to do for the summer reading. Heck, well, you know, your kids are going to be home. Might give them something to read. Although it's a little dark, I guess the the books are a little different. But if you have teenagers, yeah. preteen teenagers, might be good some summer reading. Give them something to read over the summer. Keep the brains going. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you for coming on the show. This has been fun. Sure. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. All right. So we want to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, Darren, Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show. And of course, they did the work on the opening of the show. And don't forget that you can email us at podcastneverlandpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We have not only a fan page, but a group. Uh, I don't know if our voicemail works, so I'm not going to bother. And don't forget that we do have a Patreon. Uh, we really do appreciate. I know money's tight, but money's tight for me too. And I, you know, I pay this out of my own pocket to bring this to you. So 
I would appreciate your help on Patreon. We have all the links on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. So come and help out if you can. Uh, but y'all, you know what? I, f- I forgot to bring this up, but you know, at the, at the time that you're going to hear this, is probably already kicking off. Star Wars Celebration. Uh, I don't know how much new stuff we might get announced, but uh, be prepared. We're probably going to be talking about it next episode. Because, uh, But make sure you go to the official Star Wars YouTube channel. They will be live streaming again this year. So you better believe on my uh, computer, TV, everything, I'm going to be locked on. Even while at work, I'll probably have my laptop going while I'm working. Uh, listening in on my birthday as they start this thing on Thursday uh, for Star Wars Celebration. Who knows what we're going to find out. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a preview of Obi-Wan before it premieres on Friday. Who knows? But until then, get lost. In an adventure! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.